0: You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon.
1: Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey, on this show, we have some huge Ironman industry news. Lots of changes to races and pros, uh, pro payouts, and just a whole lot of stuff going on, and we'll talk about that. And then also, uh, we have a whole bunch of other news and cool things that are going on. And I read some emails and answer some questions about training tips and nutrition and so forth. And then I bring you the training log. It's over two hours of me taking you with me while I train to give you uh, tips and methods on how to do all kinds of things. And in particular on this show, I talk a lot about habits, how to create habits, how to make habits stick, how the brain works with getting things done. It's really cool. A whole lot of cool stuff. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the news. Oh, wait, I forgot. Every few episodes, I've realized I need to reintroduce myself. For the new listeners, who I am, I'm a 41-year-old Brett Blankner, (laughs) and um, I'm an all-world ranked Ironman. I'm in the top 10% in half and full Ironman distances, and I've even knocked out a 4-hour and 40-minute half Ironman in Galveston, and I've done 13 full Ironmans, nine of these have been self-supported, where I go out and do an Ironman on my own and then raise money for charity for March of Dimes and such. And uh, those are actually the most fun and the most difficult because you got to do your own aid stations, your own everything. It's really cool. And we're doing one of those this fall. It's called the Iron Baby, and I encourage you to come. And I've qualified for nationals in the Olympic distance age group. Um, multiple times, and even went and did one in Vermont. That was crazy, crazy race. And um, I've swam across Lake Tahoe from south to north, which is 22 miles at 6,200 feet. Again, swam 22 miles, which is a little bit longer than the English Channel, at 6,000 feet elevation. And I did it in about 13 hours. And that was one of the, one of the coolest things that I've done. And, um, that comes from a background of being a swim team captain in high school. And also I do ultra marathons, uh, mostly on trails, uh, 50 milers. I've gotten it down, uh, nine hours and change range. And then I've even done a 100 mile. I've tried two, completed one and they are tough, tough, tough things. And I've swam from Alcatraz to shore as part of the Alcatraz triathlon. And then, of course, finished out the rest of the race. And then uh, I've been a USAT certified coach two times. And I still coach. And I think I just filled my spot, my last spot for a little while. But I coach the uh, polarized method, which is really cool stuff. And I do all this while holding down a full-time job being married and a dad to a very active nine year old and on the side of all that I help out with uh, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts as an assistant scout master and also I have been and I have been a soccer coach Uh, two years in a row, I think, and then also uh, help out with soccer on Kai's soccer team. So lots of stuff there. Uh, A little side note there is I used to be pretty bad at triathlon back when I started off, and I just worked at it over time. So that just goes to show that there's hope for all of us. Everybody can get faster with some dedication and some work and time management. All right, let's go ahead and get to the news brought to you by competehub.com. And we'll talk more about Compete Hub when we're done here. On the, far, on the flip side of the news, there are some huge changes in the pro purse for Ironman uh, World Championships, Regional Championships, Ironman races in general. And if we go over to the uh, Slow Twitch article... There's, uh, actually there's two big things, there's the thing about the prize purses and then there's the, uh, the starting waves at Kona. But anyway, they're going to do, Ironman is going to do automatic qualifications for Kona for pros if they win one of the regional championships. So there's the Latin American championships. There's the, in, that's in, uh. Brazil, there's the North American Championships, which looks like it might be uh, Texas next year, Uh, European Championships in Frankfurt, and Asia-Pacific Championships in Melbourne, Australia. And they will have $150,000 purses that pay 10 deep. And then there will be the elimination of the pro fields at a whole bunch of other races, I'm looking at all other events, such as Ironman Louisville, Wisconsin, and Lake Placid, will feature age group fields only. Hmm. So I'll put a link to this on the blog Zentriathlon.com. Um, a lot of people have been. It's it's uh man, it's this is a tough situation to describe. Ironman's trying to expand their brand, so they have so many races now like 39 or something, just Ironmans. And um, you end up with them not being able, it's really expensive to put on an Ironman and only so many people can sign up. It's not like a, a half marathon where how many people sign up for the Boston Marathon, right? Like tens of thousands. Well, in um, in an Ironman, you can only sign up like two or 3,000 people. And then it's way bigger of uh, investment time and, and routing. And having to deal because of the 112 mile bike ride and the swim, of having to get it pulled off, it costs a whole lot more money for them to pull it off. So they're not as profitable as a uh, as a marathon, for example, or a half marathon, or even a 5k. It seems like so you. Um, they end up with not as much prize money to pay athletes. So they're trying this thing out where to get pros, to get a deeper prize purse, they're going to pay at specific races. And then other races have no prize purse. You can kind of see they shift the money around and pay bigger and deeper at the uh, regional championships and, and then some other races. And somebody pointed out on Twitter that actually on occasion, because the brand, the races are so diluted now with so many races and then, uh, only so many people, so many pros showing up to race them that sometimes they'll pay eight deep, right? And, um, there will only be seven pros showing up. And I think that's usually in the women's field. Um, so that's, uh, interesting. And if you've been listening to podcast episodes lately, um, I'm very interested in the pros making a living off of this. So I'm not exactly sure how this will pan out, if it's good or bad. It's just a thing. So we'll find out more as this goes on. And then, this is something I do like. They're talking about the women's age group Uh, will have a separate start from the uh, men's age group at, at Kona instead of having this massive uh, swim start, uh, they're now going to break it up into four waves. They have male pro, and then a little while later, female... So Wait, they've got it listed on here. Men pro at 625, pro women at 630. This is in Hawaii. And men's age group at 650, women's age group at 7 a.m., and... I'm actually a big fan of um, of the swim not being so congested and whatever it takes to get the swim to uh, be broken up so uh, people aren't getting hurt and slamming into each other and punched in the face as much uh, during the swim start. Um, I get really I, I'm a perfectly capable swimmer. As you'll hear in the podcast, and the um, and I'm very, very comfortable in open water and rough water. It doesn't bother me whatsoever, and I even I get really annoyed at the ridiculousness of the congestion of the swim start and the uh, the aggressiveness that's going on in there. And you're out there as a physical test. Really, it's you against yourself, and you're trying to have the best day you can and then compare your best day to other people's best days and um, the aggressiveness and getting punched and kicked and uh, people really getting hurt. And also some people having heart attacks from the stress of the swim uh, is uh, too much. I don't like it. So I'm a fan of them breaking up the swim, the like rolling starts and these other things that they do, they're trying to do. And um, I know some people aren't, I think they're hung up on the, they want the classic race that they've seen in the posters. And uh, I'm just not there with that. But um, I have an idea. Morgan and I were talking about this one time on the podcast. And uh, Iron Man ought to, and I tweeted this at the Iron Man CEO, and Iron Man ought to put on swim qualifier events all around the country, charge for it, make money off of it, and then turn this money around and give it to the pro uh, prizes to help pay for pro prizes. And um, if you haven't ever done an Ironman before, then or let's say even a half Ironman, if you haven't done a half or done a full before, or um, then you need to go to one of these uh, swim events that they put on and they time you to swim open water, and I guess maybe a pool i, I don 't know, but they time you, and then, over a long distance, like a, uh, you know a, a mile or two two point four i don 't know but then they they time you, and then now you have a you 've proven that you can do a swim, and you don 't need to do this if you 've done one before, but you 've proven you can do the swim, and also you have a seed time for your uh, raise. And then when they do a rolling start, you get put in a corral, right? And for example, I've done a 59 minute uh, Ironman swim at my last Ironman. And therefore I should be put in the 59 minute, um, seed corral, uh, rolling start roll. And then, um, yeah. And then, uh, people feel safer that they know they can do the swim They've done this uh, an open water swim before, and uh, Ironman can charge fifty to a hundred bucks to get it done. And now you're qualified for two years or three years or something like that. How about that? All right, let's go on to some other news. Um, Brett Sutton, who's a infamous—I'll put it that way—a uh, triathlon coach. He was Chrissy Wellington's coach, Jody Swallow's coach. He's a famous, famous coach, and. Um, he posted online this really cool uh, swim video, and I'll put it on the blog, and you can watch it there. And where he's going over the three R's, and I'll get I'll get to that in a second. But the swim, <laughs> he's just on the deck yelling at the swimmers. And I grew up on swim teams, and I got to tell you, the best swim coaches are ones that are pissed off. <laughs> the ones that are yelling at the swimmers and pacing back and forth and waving their arms all over the place. I swear those are the coaches that you want. Those are the ones that get results. And, um, gosh, my, my, one of my high school swim team coaches, um, was just so angry all the time and he's the one that got the most results out of me. Had another swim team coach that yelled at us that we weren't swimming fast enough and then he got in and swam to show us, you know, in his clothes, he got in and swam and was yelling at us to swim this way. <laughs> it just goes on and on. So um that first you gotta see it for that. When I saw that I was like, yeah, this uh, okay, I get Brett Sutton. This is really cool. And then The thing that he's talking about in in the swim video is really helpful to a lot of people. It's the three R's. And I put this to work on my bike ride this morning because a lot of these things are translatable to um, different sports. And he was saying rhythm first. When you swim, the first thing you ought to do is get into a rhythm and a rhythm that you can hold, right? Then work on being relaxed because if you can't relax while you're doing that rhythm, then you won't be able to sustain it for a mile or two, 2.4. And then, after those two things, and only after those two things, then maybe work on your reach. So rhythm, relax, then work on reach. Anyway, it's a really good video. Go check it out on zentriathlon.com. And also, I've been following the Boulder Triathlon. And this is a really good example of what I was talking about in, in the news, where they're considering... Well, they're saying that they're not going to have pro fields in certain races now. Um, they're having an, an Ironman in in uh, Boulder, Colorado. You know the the mecca of triathlon in North America and in, in the world, pretty much. And we have uh, pros living in, in Boulder from Australia, from Europe, everybody. That's anybody. I've been to Boulder just to go see it because it's such a scene. And um, the pro field is just, I mean, it's good, but it's like it's not the huge depth and the big, big names that you would expect. And it's probably because they are um, resting for Kona. So that's why they have a problem with some of these races with pros not, not showing up. And so uh, I think Boulder is on the list for them not to have a pro field next year. So, okay, but anyway, the results for today the first ever Boulder Ironman is Justin Dare. And it's D A E R R, I think. Anyway, he won in eight hours and 20 minutes. I was showing that to Kai. We were watching him across the finish line live on the uh, finish line feed. And Kai was like, wow, Daddy, he's so much faster than you. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's awesome, man. But maybe someday you could be that fast, you know? You go win it for me. Anyway, he did the swim in 50 minutes and 21 seconds. He did the bike in four hours and 24 minutes. And then he did the marathon in three hours flat, Uh, three hours and 11 seconds for a total time of 8.20. And then Danielle Kehoe, One in nine hours and 19 minutes and 54 seconds with a one hour and three minute swim. So you don't have to be like a crazy, crazy fast swimmer. One hour and three minutes is attainable for a lot of people. Uh, A 4.53 bike split and then a three hour and 16 minute and 42 second marathon. That's crazy. It's amazing. Okay, now let's go on to some nutrition news i was listening to this week in paleo which is a podcast which is i mean it's paleo heavy but what i really like is the host isn't um, convinced that there's only one way to do it and he talks about that a lot so he talks about different things that are being discovered it's kind of like science you know just learning as you go and um, the interesting tidbit, and I think it's at about 33 minutes in, um, is where he's talking about a study about people eating more because they exercise, that moving in general is what we used to do all the time, and that exercise is actually something we have to do because um, we're so sedentary all the time, and that's really unfortunate that actually were built to um, be moving all the time and sitting at a desk job and stuff and sitting in traffic is really bad for us. And this is really cool. They did, uh, they took two different groups, told the first group that they were going to go for a scenic walk and they walked, I think it was uh, around two miles or something like that. I don't even think it was two miles, like a mile and a half maybe. And, um, and then, yeah, told them it was a scenic walk and, um, But, you know, measured their pace and kept them on track, but they didn't know it. And then they took a second group and told them that they were going to exercise walk and uh, walked them at the exact same pace as the first group. And then uh, while they were walking, said things like, all right, everybody, only one mile to go, you know, so it was more like exercise in appearance. Um, so the exact same pace, exact same distance, they fed them lunch afterwards and the group that thought it was exercise ate 35% more dessert than the group that thought it was just a scenic walk. So the problem is, is compensation. People have, a, people have an illusion that when they're exercising that they need to compensate for that exercise um, with more calories. And it helps explain the problem where people exercise but don't seem to lose weight or enough weight and sometimes put weight on. And you should change your mindset that you're actually just uh, moving. This is what you do, you know? And don't try to compensate for what you did with calories. And then there was an article that was in Google News uh, earlier today um, that modern man evolved away from having as much testosterone as we used to have. Starting about 50,000 years ago, um, we've lost the amount of testosterone, and it's a sign that um, it allowed civilization to develop. So testosterone is a hormone that leads to a lot of aggression, a lot of risk-taking, a lot of fighting. And uh, the cool thing about this was um, Zen is very much... uh, it's very much about using your um, evolved mind to analyze your problems instead of just reacting. The whole thing in Zen is to pause when you, you, um, you get a stimulus and instead of, instead of stimulus response, you do stimulus pause, correct response, (laughs) right? Well, if you've got a lot of testosterone, you don't do stimulus pause, you do stimulus punch. (laughs) So it's, uh, it's really interesting. They said that because of this, it allowed civilization to develop. And uh, so people out there, especially guys, if you want to be more civilized and get farther in life and be more stable and more, uh, more there for your family and friends, um, it's proof that you should uh, relax on the, uh, the response and do a little bit of pause and think about things first it's pretty cool all right let's see i should we talk about compete hub i want to check i've got show notes going in two different places let me make sure yeah i think so should we do it oh i'm, I'm looking at show note questions for uh rich roll that might be coming up pretty soon we're going to record with him soon okay, okay let's talk about Compete Hub. Uh, CompeteHub.com is a really cool place to find races. I was just on it. I think you might have heard it the last podcast. I was there and then I saw the um, the Austin course in there. So it's a really cool place to go find races, whoever else is doing races. It's set up a little bit like Facebook, but I think smarter and better. And um, I was just... On there uh, and saw, you know, there's like elevation profiles and all kinds of cool stuff. So, for example, one of the things I want to do and I, when, when I train is I want to make sure I'm training uh, with enough elevation gain to simulate the race in Austin. And this is really, really easy to do. And so I want you to go check out competehub.com. They are a sponsor of the show. I've talked with them. I think we've interviewed them on the podcast. So they're a fan of the show. So give them your business. Try to use them to uh, research races and give them some feedback on how it's going. Okay. All right. Let's read some emails and some donations. So you can actually help support the show by... uh, Becoming a subscriber, which is less than a dollar an episode. Um, on Zentrathon.com, on the left hand side, there's a place to set up a recurring donation, and it's $3.95 a month. And that's jump change, man. That's a piece of cake. You can sign up for that, no problem. And then also, you can donate um, one time donations, and that gives you a box to uh, put in a uh, question. And so you could do it either way. It's pretty cool. If you need to send me a question anyway and you're a donor, then uh, you can send it to Texafornia at gmail.com. And let's look up some of the donations and questions I've gotten this past week. Oh, I've got another piece of news. I knew there was something here. Um, Iron Man, I heard this through the grapevine. At Ironman 70.3 Calgary, during the athlete briefing, they were advised that anyone who gets a drafting penalty will not be allowed to qualify for a world championship slot. That's awesome, man. That's a way to stop drafting because drafting is the worst towards the front. Um, that's where it matters the most. Uh, that's where it affects other people. And um, to say you get a drafting penalty, you're out of the world championship. I was like, oh, that is so cool, man. I love that. Okay. Okay. That's how you stop that crap. And then um, Ironman Lake Placid, uh, was the swim was canceled partway through, which really messed with a lot of people's times. But there was lightning and such. And then the uh, first loop on the bike was really, really cold. And John Newman, a guy I coached did that race, and he said it was so hard. He thought about quitting on the bike. And John Newman is a badass. So when he was thinking about, uh, he said he was just shaking so bad because um, he was so cold. That um, if he had to do that any longer, he was worried that he was gonna he was gonna have to quit. But then he toughed it out and uh, actually had a pretty good race. So I'm really proud of him. All right, donations. We've got um, Vince. Oh, and he's got a he's got a, some questions here. Okay, oh, I'm reading. Sorry for the pause. Okay. Is it the Suunto Ambit 2S watch that you pimp all the time on your podcast? I can get a great deal on one. I'm going to do so since you are a relentless ambassador of whichever Ambit you use. I actually use the Ambit 2. The the 2S is the slim version, and it has a little bit less battery life. And since I do full Ironmans and ultra-running marathons, which I think... uh, the the 100 miler that I did took 22 hours or so, and um, I go for the longest battery life that they make. Both of them are incredible, incredible watches, so you can't go wrong, and the Ambit 3 is actually coming out pretty soon, so you can get some really good deals on the Ambit 2, which is a wonderful, wonderful watch, and I'm very, very happy with mine. Um, I wear it all the time, uh, and then Why are so many of the older podcasts constantly unavailable? I've been trying for months to download the episode about your trip to Boulder, but it's always temporarily unavailable. Full disclosure, I'm technologically moronic. (laughs) Thanks, Vince. Okay, so this is the problem. Um, I used to have all my podcasts hosted by Mevio, which, oh, what did they used to be called? Um, Anyway, and they went under and they're actually a lot of the reason the podcast ever got started. So that's okay. Um, but anyways, they went under and all my episodes that were online, uh, went offline. So I've got all the episodes. They're on a hard drive and I need to, um, get some help getting these uploaded because it'd be actually faster for me to give them to somebody. And then somebody that wants to do it uploads these, uh, these files and then, but it gets so crazy with, um, it's really, really technical work. And if you don't do it just right, you can break a lot of stuff. So I, I don't know. Um, I've gotten offers from a few people and somebody just offered on Twitter to be my intern. <laughs> and so I think we might do that where I send them the files and then he uploads them. And then, uh, maybe I edit the RSS feed, um, it's just the uploading just takes a long time. So, Okay, then let's see. Let's move on to another question. We've got Alexa. Hi, Brett. I'm a new listener of your show, and I am hooked. I'm doing my first sprint try in August, and I look forward to many more. I especially love hearing about all the ways you make exercise fun for your son. You've inspired me to incorporate more into our family life, especially with my 4-year-old. In fact, she's excited about doing a kid's try we have here in October with a four slash five-year-old race. Um, I'd love to listen to more of your past episodes, but I'm having, having trouble. Not it, okay. That's the same thing. All right. So, um, you got that. Also, do you have any advice for pacing a reverse sprint? Try. I'm just barely getting back into shape. Okay. So with a reverse sprint, try, if you got to be careful, cause the swim is at the end and, um, there's a reason, I think, that they put swims at the beginning is because um, you're less likely to drown from exhaustion if they put the swim at the beginning. So that was the, um, the thing I would pay attention to the most. Um, I would do uh, the run pretty hard and then uh, use the, uh, the coasting on the downhills of the bike to recover from the run and bike through it, and then by the time you finish up the bike, really blow out your legs because you're not going to use them again. And then um, then on the swim, all right, I'll come to dinner in a second. Okay, okay I just got notice. I got to go to dinner. And I'm in my pain cave training with the uh, bike up on the uh, the trainer and the treadmill right in front of me. And the um, use up your legs completely by the end of the, um, of the bike. And then you hit that swim and then try not to use your legs at all because you got to be careful. If, um, I've done the SOS triathlon at least twice and there's you, you bike and then you, and then you run and then you hit that water. It's a seven stage triathlon, (laughs) Because then, after you hit the water, you bike or you run some more and then you swim and then you run, swim, run, swim like that. I mean, it's nuts and then run and uh, uphill. And the um, people get just incredible leg cramps because their legs are tired and the water's cold. If the water's not cold, I wouldn't worry about the leg cramps as much. Be careful. And if it's a pool swim, always know that you can hang on the lane rope or walk on the bottom. So. Um, but I would use my legs up as much as you feel safe doing, because then on the swim, you're mostly going to use your arms and then try not to kick so much on the swim and then that'll be good. And let's go Tyler Moyer donated and Spiros fest, Fest, I always want to say festus, fetus and Spiros or Spiros is, um, He's going to help my brother get a wetsuit, man. That is so cool. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll see what happens. And he's up in the, uh, I think he's up in the Illinois area. And then uh, Paul Johnson and Dwayne Morin and Andreas from Sweden, Andreas from Sweden. Let's read his, and uh, Christopher Allen. Well, let's go back to Andreas' note from Sweden. And I have Swedish heritage. I'm uh, My great-granddad was full Swedish, so... I always love stuff from Sweden. Okay, hi. Great show. Keeps my mind occupied on longer sessions. I just have one question, and maybe it's only because I'm quite new. Five, five episodes or so as a listener that I don't know the answer or that I'm not listening close enough. Do you fuel during almost every workout? I get a feeling of that when listening to the training log, but maybe it's just those workouts that you mentioned. Thanks for the show. Regards from Sweden. Andreas. Okay. I tried for a while doing the low-carb thing and the paleo. That's why I cautioned on the paleo thing. And then uh, paleo, low-carb, high-fat. And it's interesting, but I had terrible results. And I even had one ride where I started getting spotty vision a couple days later and went to the eye doctor, and he said I was so dehydrated um, that uh, the fluid in my, in my eyeballs was um, drying out. <laughs> That's not good, man. And then I also uh, got clinically depressed for a short while and got on antidepressants to get to try to get me back up to an operating level so I could try to figure out what was going on when I wasn't eating enough carbs. And I've learned my lesson, man. And we've had Jesse, Jesse Kropelnicki on here, who's um, a big-time uh, fuel... Fuel your workouts really, really well because your body is in the mode to absorb it and use it, and then you'll have a incredible workout that your muscles can really grow from. And then when you're not working out, eat normal and healthy. And also, uh, Sammy Inkinen, who's a champion of this uh, higher-fat, lower-carb stuff, even he uh, will say that you feel great during your um, really, really well uh, during your workouts, and then your workouts are have a huge impact and really grow you really well. And then um, when you're not working out, eat wh- how you feel um, is really healthy and nice. So having gone back to uh, fueling on my workouts, just as needed, I make a fuel bottle and then I only use as much as I need. Um, my, my training numbers have gone way, way up and I feel a whole lot better. I'm happier, I'm healthier, uh, all around great. So now remember this is highly individual per person, but my opinion is, is only a few people like one out of 10, two out of 10 really benefit from uh from low carb, high fat, there's a whole lot of us that, uh, that that doesn't function. But you know, give it a try if you like, and then uh, but really pay attention. And I've had I've had to give a lot of help to people that are depressed from not eating enough carbs and trying to do triathlon training on a low low fuel, low carb uh, diet, and it just doesn't work. So for triathletes, you know, if you were sedentary or maybe doing one sport, maybe it works just fine. I'm not. I don't know. Okay, so that's it for the emails. Thank you so much, everybody. And let me go eat some dinner. I think we've got fish and veggies and such. And then I'll be right back, and we'll uh, start getting into the training log, the coolest part of the show. All right, hold on. All right, I'm back. Dinner was really good. It was salmon, and I put a little sriracha sauce on mine, and then corn and new potatoes, I think, with probably a little bit of butter on them. Just a tiny bit, and yeah, and I felt like I went on a really big bike ride today, and had a little bit of ice cream for dessert after dinner. A little bit of simple sugars. I found that um, I need to have a certain amount of simple sugars in my diet, and that makes me um, able to have better workouts and better, better all around attitude towards things. And yeah, so let's go ahead and mention another sponsor. We've got the Sunto Ambit. Well, Sunto, And I've been with Sunto for a long time. And the Ambit 3 is coming out pretty soon. I think in a a couple months, a few months. But um, the Ambit 3 is going to be Bluetooth enabled. So when you finish a workout, it'll upload. You connect it to your phone. And then what you do is you finish your workout and then it uses your phone to upload the workout directly to the internet and then uh, Sunto you can actually hook it up to uh, Strava directly (laughs) so your workouts appear instantly on Strava it's really cool and yeah you get Bluetooth alerts on your phone on your uh, watch while you're working out and they've got a new chest strap that has memory in it I actually have had a version of this for a long time this is really cool it used to be it had memory in it, and then when you go back to your house and you download your swim, it'll show you what your heart rate was during your swim. Well, this actually will hold your, your, your heart rate data, um, and then as soon as it sees your watch, because when you're underwater, uh, uh, Bluetooth and and things like that don't transmit underwater. So that's a big problem. Um, Older analog style stuff does, but that stuff isn't battery efficient at all. So this will, um, let's say you stop at the end of your lane after you've done a set and you stand up and now your chest strap is above the water and your wrist is above the water line. um, It'll burst mode, update your watch with your heart rate and you can see what it was, what you did during your last set, like in a graph. It's really cool. So, there's a whole bunch more stuff like that with the Sunto Ambit 3 coming out. And, like I was saying, there's uh, the Sunto Ambit 2 is, all, is an all around badass watch. I've been using it for quite a while and I love it, love it, love it. And so, go check them out. And also, we have, let's see, who we, oh, SufferFest, man. So, discount code of 10% off if you use the code ZTSuffers, all caps. And I've been talking with the Sufferfest guys. These are training videos, uh, full triathlons where they yell at you to go faster and stuff. It's awesome, and it's a it's a fully branded, cool company with all kinds of cool stuff. And um, I've got some Sufferland. They call Suffer Sufferfest has their territory. They call it Sufferland Landria, and I've got a towel from them that you put over your bike. You know, to keep from getting sweat all over your bike, and it's, it's, it contains Sufferlandria Holy Water, which is your sweat, and um, it's just such a cool product, and such a cool company, such a cool guy, and uh, I'm so excited that we're buddies and friends with this guy, and um, you can't go wrong. So, 10% off with discount code ZT Suffers, and let's see Hornet Juice. Oh my God, man! One of the reasons I just killed it on today's bike ride, I went too hard, and the reason I was able to go too hard for so long was Hornet juice. I uh, made a three-hour water uh, fuel bottle, and in it I put two packets of Hornet juice, which is about right for three hours, and then I put it in maltodextrin powder and some honey and some um, UCAN, you you know, kind of a mix of fast and slow-acting stuff, (laughs) I hit a record on today's bike ride. I put out 243 watts for almost three hours. I finished my 60-mile bike ride 15 minutes sooner than than normal, and it has a lot to do. I ran out of fuel um, about two hours and 15 minutes in, just uh, about two hours in, just gone. No more fuel. I was like, oh, crap, but... Weirdly enough, I was able to keep going at about 95% of what I was doing when I was fueling. And it's that Hornet juice that was in there that um, activates fat burning like crazy, man. And so you get more fuel from your fat with it. And the even crazier thing about Hornet juice is that it's actually synthetic. It's made in a lab. It's synthetic, uh, a replica of... Japanese killer hornet saliva and the thing about the Japanese killer hornet it has it has the highest power to weight ratio and distance covered of any animal for its size it can like fly like 100 miles or something crazy like that and people scientists are like how in the world does it do this well in its saliva it's got a mix of proteins that activates its body fat And it's able to run on the body fat that it stores up like diesel fuel. And so they recreated it in a lab. And it's a a specific amino acid blend, the proportions of one amino acid to the other. And it's made by Horn Juice. And it comes from New Zealand, which is pretty freaking cool. And if you order it on the right side of the webpage, then it directly goes to help out the podcast. And you get an email from me asking you how you're doing wherever you live. And then... Uh, yeah, it's a personal handwritten email by me. And then also when, it shows, when the Hornet Juice shows up, the uh, stamps come from New Zealand, man. It's really, really cool. So I love working with Hornet Juice. Been with them for a long, long time. And like I said, I use it, man. And I've had some, I have some killer results from this stuff. And no stomach upset either, which is really great. And then finally, we have Amrita Bars, which when I was done with my workout... The first thing I did was get an Amrita chocolate maca bar and uh, eat that with just a little bit of ice cream and it was so good. So Amrita bars make um, they make date bars. So they're like granola bars, but they're actually even better. They're made out of dates. And then there's like pineapple chia and raisin cinnamon apple and things like that. And uh, they got seeds in them instead of uh, nuts. So if you have a nut allergy, that helps out a lot. It's got cardamom in them, in a lot of them. And that helps soothe the stomach. And they're like 200 and something calories a pop. So, But they're actually easily digestible. So they make for really good uh, bike fuel. Really, really good. And then... Um Arshad with Amrita has been on the show a few times. And it's I love working with this guy. And it's just a great, great company. And you can get 15% off with discount code ZEN, all capital letters, Z-E-N, if you go to AmritaHealthFoods.com. And Amrita is spelled A-M-R-I-T-A. AmritaHealthFoods.com. They have a whole bunch of flavors. And they got you know, for working out, and they've got recovery, and I just love them, and they actually sponsor a lot of triathletes, and everybody is super, super happy with the stuff, and it's all organic, and it's just like, man, it's just awesome. It's a great way to go, great way to go, so, okay, I think that's it for all the news and donations and sponsors and stuff. So let's go ahead and get started with the training log. Okay, this episode, we start off at the beach. I go surfing with the family down in Port Aransas, Texas, which is uh, got some really good surfing and beach scene and people drive around in golf carts and it's just nuts. So you can hear some, eventually you get around to hearing. uh, I take the recorder out with me um, as I go to surf and I bury my phone in the uh, sand So I'm walking along, carrying a longboard under under my arm, talking about what's going on, and um, and you hear seagulls and stuff like that. And then um, that's the uh, the surf trip, the beach uh, family vacation. Do I go surfing like three times and talk about all about how open water swimming and surfing and stuff can really help your swim? And then um, we come back and I start taking you with me on some more workouts and giving more training tips. And I get really into telling you about a couple of uh, audio audible books audiobooks that are all about um, habit forming and how to get things done and how to get things done at work so that you have more time to train and a whole lot of insightful stuff. So that's the training log. I think that we're ready to roll with that. So let's go ahead and get going. Here is the training log.
0: You are entering the Zentrite training log zone.
1: Kunele. Hi, everybody. My name's Brett. I'm a trash. Brett. Brett. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status.
0: But, Joe, we've been friends for years.
1: Hey, we all make mistakes.
0: Come on, dudes. Let's go exercise. Exercise. No! I'm going to do sit ups till I poop myself.
1: All right. Welcome to a new training log. We're at the beach. I'm looking out the window. I'm three stories up, and I see the ocean-breaking waves over there, over the sand dunes, full of rattlesnakes here in Texas. That's what we have in the sand dunes. (laughs) Uh, Word of warning, don't go in the sand dunes. They're full of rattlesnakes. And we're in Port Aransas, Texas, which is just around the corner from Corpus Christi. And... Wow, it's pretty epic outside and I've been surfing, we're on day two and a half of our vacation and um, I've been doing lots of interesting tips and tricks on training that I'd love to share with you guys and uh, let me me, uh, get some uh, podcasting aid going here. It's called a Shiner Bock beer, which is famous in Texas and I went surfing this morning let me see if I can find a, a, a beer bottle opener I went surfing this morning and the waves are up but the current is coming from the it's coming from the south and it's, come, it's going parallel to the to the uh, shore and the current is nuts so let me tell you what I did after I opened my beer <laughs> okay So surfing is really good open water swim practice. It, um, the bursting speed of trying to catch waves and then being out in the bouncy, in the, in the water, is uh, pretty nutso. And in Texas, the surf is usually a wave period of like three to six seconds. I mean, it's like it's nuts, like what a washing machine it is. So if you live along a coastline, you definitely, definitely ought to surf. To uh, make you a better triathlete. That's actually how I got into triathlon. Was I uh, started swimming again so that because I didn't live too close to the coast, so that my um, my swim muscles would uh, compensate for not surfing all that much. So when I did go and surf, I would have, I would have been swimming a lot, and uh, surfing wouldn't be that hard because I could only go like once or twice a month. And um, then I got drawn more and more into the triathlon world. And now I do triathlon way more than I surf. But I have lots of uh, surfboards. On the way down here, we brought three surfboards. All We actually own four, but I brought down three. I got a nine-foot longboard, which a longboard is really nice for open water swim practice. You can just lay on it and then just paddle around in the prone position, which actually I did this morning with this, uh, this current that's going sideways across the front of the beach here, is um, I would paddle against it and make almost zero progress and would paddle against it for like five, ten minutes, and then I'd sit up on the board and wait for the, um, for waves, which there's tons of, I'm just waiting for a good wave, And I'd catch a couple waves and by then I'm back past the hotel again and I got to turn around and paddle back up. And I did that yesterday morning and then this morning. And uh, it's been a ton of fun. What's really cool is I've been surfing long enough where I no longer worry about being able to stand. I haven't surfed in a year. It's been exactly a year. And I stood up on my first try, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Brett, Brett can surf, and um, I guess if you do it long enough, then it's something you always remember. So, and um, I don't want to talk totally about surfing and open water swimming, but uh, the what it does is it really works your arms and shoulders, and. Actually, I cut it short yesterday. I quit before I wanted to because in my experience, you'll, um, you won't be able to surf every day. And I want to surf every day while I'm here if you do it too much the first day. That's a good training tip right there. So if you haven't done something in a long time and you want to get back into it, take it really easy and cut it short the first couple of times and... Um, because you're going to be really beat up the next day. Last summer, I didn't do that, and I ended up cracking a rib, or separating a rib from uh, trying too hard and then getting thrown around. And um, also, yesterday, I took Emily and Kai for their first paddleboard session, which we'll probably get them on the air here in a little bit to tell us about it. We went to a boardhouse here in Port Aransas. Uh, Port Aransas... Uh, last summer, I recorded a podcast as well, and I interviewed the guy, or I told you about the guy that I ran into the parking lot that had actually owns the moped from the Legend of Billy Jean, which was filmed here in Port Aransas. It was supposed to be in Corpus Christi, but it was filmed here in Port Aransas. And um, anyway, so I went to Boardhouse down the uh, down the way here, and, and on this island, everybody. Not everybody, but about half the people are driving around in golf carts, so it's kind of like Catalina Island, but um, way trashier, is <laughs> I like to say. <laughs> but in a good way. It's fun. It's laid-back Texas stuff. So the uh, the, the boardhouse uh, surf shop had paddle boards, but they were all rented out for the weekend ahead of time. And uh, they had just gotten one back in for repairs, and so we threw it on the top of the Nissan Xterra, <clears throat> which i have surfboard pads from round bars but nissan xterras have like bigger flatter bars and well, i'll get back to that in a minute the gang's back hold on Mommy. okay they're back so we got some noise here Let's on the porch. <laughs> so we rented um a paddleboard at a board house. and for the pads on the xterra um my regular surfboard pads for my Honda Element and for my old truck won't work because they won't wrap around these big flat bars. And so, in an emergency, I grabbed yoga mats, which are the squishy plasticky material. Subway
0: sandwiches are made out of. Do what? That subway
1: sandwiches are made out of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are made out of subway sandwich bread. Thanks. Thanks Emily. And um, Laid those across the the uh, bars and then put the surfboards on top of that for the trip down here, like a five-hour drive, and it was that worked great. And then the paddleboard fit on top with the uh, the the cinched-down cam uh, straps that I used to use for my motorcycle. And but anyway, we got this paddleboard and we threw it on the uh, roof. Twenty-five bucks for half a day, and we threw it on the roof of the Xterra, and the exterior continues to impress me with its utility. That, that was so easy to do, and it's got the built-in steps on the side where it's so easy to stand on it and get up there. And then we drove uh, down the highway a bit to uh, an inlet on the bay side of the island where it was really flat and calm. And we put in, we went off-road in four x four for a while. How'd you like that, Ben? <laughs> it
0: was fun. I think you had more fun than anyone else. because yeah. you were driving.
1: Yeah, driving a two hundred and seventy horsepower SUV through sand <laughs> which just awesome. And then uh, we put in in the water, and I got in first and showed y'all kind of what the whole point was mm-hmm. and how to do it. And then you went next, right, Emily? I went next. And your swimsuit matched the board, which yeah, was that really was important.
0: Really that, I really planned that. So how was it? It was fun. Started out just sitting on my knees and kind of getting the feel of how it was in the water and then carefully stood up. And I managed not to fall. So
1: Yeah, Emily, Emily yet again proves her athletic ability of never having to try at anything. And then uh, paddleboarded for her first time and never fell in.
0: Yeah. Well. Remember that
1: time on rollerblades where you never fell down?
0: Right. I have better balance than you.
1: So, first okay. time Emily rollerblades. She just starts cruising around the driveway yeah, no, never falls down. My friends and I, are, remember Travis? Yeah. <laughs> We're falling down all over the place. And then um, we put Kai on the board. And Kai didn't want to go out by himself because there was some wind and stuff, and it could suck him down the, the lagoon. Do. It was a big board. And, uh, but then we did Kai on the front of the paddle board and me on the middle back paddling around with Kai on the front. How was that? Good. Do you remember when we went down that way for a while and there was a guy fishing with a dog? Yeah. Is that kind of cool? Yeah. What would you like about the paddleboard? Exploring and yeah.
0: stuff? Yeah. That, and that's would, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you yeah. 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 and yeah. Daddy see a rattlesnake? We heard one. Well, we didn't see there was
1: something that. in the bushes, and then I said it was probably a rattlesnake. And you should have seen how fast Kai ran down the beach. I did. I
0: saw
1: him. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here. I go, it's not going to come after you. And he's like, you don't know that. Took I off. saw
0: a sign a while ago. We there's
1: an um, army helicopter going by. by like, National Guard.
0: Um, there's a sign going out to one of, to the beach that says, Watch out for snakes, because that's the first one I've seen. Over, off to the side over there. Anyway. Yeah. So, so that, I was
1: throwing sticks in an uh, old Gatorade bottle into the bushes trying to see if I could get the rattlesnake to um, attack or show itself or something like that. So.
0: Um, and so then Kai and I went boogie boarding. We just got back. And the current was pretty strong, like you said. And yeah. we had to get out three times and walk back to where we started. <laughs> and kind of caught some good waves. And then one time I looked out, Kai, I don't know where Kai was, and I saw all these little heads sticking up out of the water, like little, it, I guess they were turtles. It was yeah. weird. It was the weirdest thing. And they would go up, and then they'd jump back down. And they'd go up, and they'd I'm jump back
1: running.
0: down. All I could just see about this far out
1: of the water. Just describe you're this far for the podcast.
0: Well, I don't know, two inches out of the water and so then it reminded me that we see all these turtles over here maybe there was but maybe there were sea turtles out there like remember how we saw the sign said if you see a sea turtle on the beach let the them know yeah. i don't know what else it could have been it was weird
1: we don't have seals around here so it had to be no, uh, a
0: little bitty like, like yeah. yeah i bet it was turtles It was weird. Huh?
1: because i've seen one one time a big like uh sea turtle stick his head up when i was surfing south of here no, north of here. When
0: we were last summer when we were here, we were down at that pier and we saw winds win
1: around in the water. Yeah, I guess so. So I Kai, don't... what did you think? Oh, remember when we were surfing yesterday and um the fish were swimming through the waves? Yeah. So what's your favorite part so far?
0: Um I don't know. <laughs> of yeah Kai I just Well you're
1: getting pool. closer and closer to me, like you wanna say something. What do you want to say?
0: I don't
1: know. Okay. He now I he ran out of things to say. What about the big pool down there? You like that? Yeah. Okay. So what's what's our plan for today, Emily? Do you have any ideas?
0: Determined that we're renting a golf cart. He's asked me several times.
1: So maybe we could rent a golf cart and then ride around town. Yeah. And uh, get lunch in town or something like that.
0: One or the other. It's either lunch or dinner. I'm not doing both. We bought a bunch
1: of food. Cool. And then Kai can drive the golf cart up and down the beach. Uh-huh
0: no one's
1: looking. And uh go sand duning in it. Um, get some driving lessons in?
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's how we do things in the did south you, apparently. Is like the kid I grew up with my dad putting me on his lap in a you uh, know, which the equivalent of a uh, Nova, a Chevy Nova on the streets? Yeah. <laughs> the with a 350 right engine in it. And would let me just gun it. It was Oldsmobile Omega, which is which is the same thing as a NOAA. And uh, that was pretty crazy. So we'll let Kai just drive a golf cart around at age nine probably. Yep. Unless the police are listening, then I have no idea what you're talking about. And, okay, that's it. I'll come back later with some tips on cycling intervals on the trainer. All right, out. All right. I'm back. Strolling down to the beach with a longboard Surfboard under my right arm Recorder in the left <laughs> Had a lot of fun yesterday Oh, today's Sunday, it's Ironman Lake Placid I've got John Newman racing Amrita athlete Zentri athlete, John Newman I'm turning the corner of the hotel I'm going a little bit of wind here And uh, So I'm following that And following the following the Iron Man Lake Placid 7th place prize purse, which is pretty cool. And uh, they're over $7,000 now. <laughs> Lance Armstrong donated, and uh, that, that got it some attention and some more money quick. And also, uh, let's see, I was listening to a podcast with... Uh, The James Altucher podcast had Jim Norton in it. And I heard something that I thought was pretty cool that I've been noticing myself. I turned 41 just a few days ago. And they were talking about at some point you get old enough, you're, you're too old to be embarrassed anymore or to be embarrassed by being embarrassed, right? I guess it's like you've seen enough to realize what stuff doesn't really matter and you shouldn't be embarrassed about and then, uh, also I think life's too short to get embarrassed anymore. They were talking about that. That was pretty cool. So, Emily yesterday, she brought this hat and it's a cool hat. Just, she never wears any hat. So Kai and I were kind of teasing her about it. Like what's up with the hat? You know? So that's over the past couple of days. So yesterday she, um, we left the hotel to go do stuff during the day. And she didn't have the hat. We're like, where's the hat? She goes, you guys are just going to make fun of me. We're like, oh, come on. Get the hat. And Emily's really stubborn. She's like, no, I'm not going to get the hat. And I said, we're not going anywhere. We're outside the hotel now, like on the the walkway that's on our floor. Outside the hotel room, but we're still in the hotel. She's And I said, we're not going anywhere until you get your hat. I wish I recorded this because this was good. She said, "I'm not gonna wear it. You can't make me wear it." So there was a standoff there for a while, and we were laughing at how stubborn she was. And then, so I—what uh, did I do? I, uh, I go fine, and I laid down on the floor of the hotel, of our floors, kind of lobby area for the third floor. And Emily goes, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm laying here until you go get." your uh, your hat the guy started laughing she goes, get up, get up you're embarrassing me, and I'm like, I don't care <laughs> so we had an embarrassment standoff and then people started walking by and I said, I'm not drunk, she just won't go get her hat and the guy that was with the couple laughed, he goes, oh yeah <laughs> so anyway, that was good stuff alright, so a little bit about consistency is uh, because I'm it's it's good to have consistent training because you can tell what things work and what things don't by changing things up. If you do the if you repeat the same thing day to day, so today's surfing is a repeat of yesterday, and yesterday it was a repeat of the day before that. And I felt a little weak towards the end, like I ran out of out of fuel towards the end. So for breakfast today, I uh, ate a little bit more. Um, juice drank a little bit more juice with the same meal and we're going to see if that helps all right you can hear the surf seagulls maybe and i'm going to uh bury my phone in the sand in a ziploc with my flip-flops and i think we got something see y'all in about an hour out all right i'm walking up the stairwell to the condos three floors up they don't have a first floor because hurricanes blow out the first floor of everything around here so the second floor is really the third floor (sighs) epic surf session after a while about half the time I was out there I was out there 50 something minutes 5-0 surfing I decided to go out further (laughs) out onto the third sandbar the bigger waves were they're about five foot out there Um, but really unpredictable maybe the occasional six foot yeah i'm looking at me yeah and uh caught some big cruisers but speaking of cruisers you got to watch out because that's where the cruiser sharks hang out and there's mullet which is a bait fish schooling with their heads out of the water. When you see those that means that sharks are nearby. Here's Kai. How was it? Good. Yeah. <laughs> so you rode the board? Yes. All right. Emily's in the shower cleaning up. We'll interview her when she gets out. But Emily Emily stood up 3 times, mm-hmm. right Bay? That's right. That's so fun. that's right. <laughs> so, oh, it feels good. i got the surfboard loaded on the car. Got two more boards to go, which we never rode, which is okay. It's better to have too many than too few. And I need a snack. Oh, and the extra uh, juice I drank before I went really came in handy. And it would take the current, side current, wasn't quite as strong as yesterday, but it's still strong. It wasn't scary like it was yesterday. And I timed it. It would take five minutes of pretty strong paddling, which is like a nice interval, um, to get to one side of the hotel. And then I'd park myself and catch a few waves. And then I'd be on the other side of this huge condo hotel thing uh, because of the current. And then I'd paddle back five minutes and uh, park myself again. But it was really cool catching one of these huge waves. I caught, I think it was two or three really big waves. And um, I got my fill for the trip because I caught one and it scared me. It was so big and so fast. And then after I, f- I got control of it, and then it doubled up and caught another wave and then went and kept going, so it was kind of a longer ride. And then it threw me towards the end and uh, like a bucking bronco. And then I... Sp- slammed into the water so hard it rammed salt water up my nose all in one ride and that's worth a million bucks right there so and then i uh i put my flip-flops over where i buried my phone in the sand and with arrows pointed at it so i could find it really easily and uh, dug it out and it's fine so that's pretty cool all right out bang i forgot i wanted to mention that the almost got my hand ripped off by the by the ankle cord by the leash to the surfboard and uh (laughs) the way we got emily out there she wanted to do it was emily used to surf in california she she can surf just fine in fact you stood up on your second try today right bay where'd you go and uh And so we went out where I could just barely stand, and uh, the waves were breaking right there. And Gulf Coast surfing, wind-driven surf, is crazy. It's like a six-second wave period, which is nuts. It's like a washing machine. And so Emily laid on the board, and then I would stand. I'm about chest deep. And uh, I would wait. Emily would be facing towards the beach, and I would wait just a little bit, and it's rocking and rolling all over the place. It's pretty wild, right, there? And then I uh, would shove, and I basically couldn't give you any warning, right? Mm-hmm. Because the waves are so, like, sporadic, and you have to l- really learn to, to read the waves. So I would just shove. <laughs> the first time I did that, Emily takes off on a wave, screaming, like, woo you know. And um, the, the, the cord, the, um, the surfboard leash which is connected to her ankle and then the tail of the surfboard had wrapped itself around my wrist and it pulled on my thumb like super hard. And now at the base of my thumb, it hurts like really bad. And so you think like, that's like the most dangerous thing in any kind of aquatic anything sailing. You see this like on those, those fishing shows up in, up in uh, Alaska where um, you just, no matter what you don't want to get caught up in lines and um and just just Emily just on a surfboard and just in waves five feet deep about ripped my arm off. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it shows you how powerful it is. Yeah, that was crazy. Now my hand hurts. But anyway, what was it like standing, baby, on my on my long
0: it was how'd you like my longboard? It was great. It was really exciting. Was it
1: waxy? Yeah. Very
0: I had fun. Yeah. Made me miss it for a minute. For a minute. I like the boogie boarding with Kai, too, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Surfing, you have to practice to a lot them. to be any good at it.
0: And I then, couldn't have yeah. paddled out there. I would have worn myself yeah. out.
1: So like, so you said I, you saw me way out there?
0: Yeah, I got a few pictures of you.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Did I impress you with how far out I went?
0: Yes, me. It was very impressive. Kai's like, where's Daddy? I don't see him. Where's Daddy? And I'm like, he's right there.
1: He's out there with the ocean liners.
0: He's out there with the uh, sharks.
1: Yeah, for real. <laughs> It's crazy when you're out there how often you think you, you see a shark. I thought we saw one yeah, thing. every kind of movement is a shark, you know? And it's one of those things where, um, because, like I was saying, the wave period, that's how frequently a wave goes under you. Um, because the wave period is so fast here in Texas, usually, usually 99% of the time, um, you really don't get time to think about anything else. It's crazy. So I was out there for almost an hour surfing. And if you, I tried, you know, like sitting on the board and being like, ah, this is so relaxing, but it's not, it's intense. <laughs> so almost an hour goes by where you think of nothing except for what you're in, which is kind of like, um, it's kind of like Zen Flow, you know, or like uh, climbing an hour long bike ride up the side of a mountain where let's say on a mountain bike where it's technical or where there's cars and you're riding on the shoulder like when we did um spain mm-hmm. el pico i think was the name of it the last day yeah that was two and a half hours of being in the moment because you could not mess up you mess up you're going off the side of a mountain or into traffic which is awesome you know that's what really makes you feel alive Good trip, buddy. Good trip. Good. So now Emily's making pancakes. Yep. And I'm having a Shiner box. Shiner bot. Beer. I started okay. speaking into the beer like it was a microphone. <laughs> if that's a Shiner box. Okay, I've only much? had a couple sips, right? Uh-huh. Sure. That's great, honey. See, you Emily don't want... You remember Tank. You don't want to return in the Tank. What? Do you remember that? What are you talking about? Um, so on old school? Old school Will Ferrell's character. Or if he got drunk, Everybody. he turned it. He's running down the street like, naked. She's like honey,
0: there's no one, to flip around. There's
1: no one behind <laughs> oh, Must be where cold did out. Go? So, and Kai is building houses like crazy in Minecraft, like Rich Rolls Kids, from what I understand. Right, Kai? Yeah. Lots of swimming pools. Yeah. Yep. So, Kai, what was up with the uh, big trash sack that you found in the water and we're dragging I around with
0: you? Onions.
1: It was it a big was, onion bag? Yeah. Why?
0: I don't
1: know. Oh, how was driving down the beach for, like, eternity yesterday into the sand that and everything. It
0: was pretty interesting.
1: Okay. All right. I thought you said Morgan's kids, not Roll. They both do. No. Yeah. All right. Oh, and Jamie Patrick swam some crazy thing across Lake Mead yesterday. So, how many hours did it say? Nine hours? Yeah, like that. So, let's say it was eight or nine hours? No. I don't think it was ten. I'm not sure what he swam, but it was... Um, 82 degree water and 106 degrees temperature outside. So just imagine how hard that was. So big props to Ultra Swimmer on Twitter. Alright, out bank Alright, we're in the car, this is Zentron Mobile Studios. And we're halfway back home and we're gonna do a review of what was awesome about the beach trip and what was tough, right? what would we what would we change? Okay? Not
0: with daddy.
1: <laughs> okay, you go ahead.
0: Okay, my top three th- favorite things from the trip were paddle boarding for the stand up paddle boarding for the first time. Yeah. Boogie boarding with Kai. And what else?
1: Uh, what about like uh going to get ice cream at the coffee shop?
0: Yeah. yeah, going to get ice cream last night at the coffee shop was pretty cool. Those are my top three things. Oh, and playing cards with Kai, like out on the on the patio. Yeah. Those are my favorite things.
1: Yeah, okay. Oh, you, Kai?
0: Um, Boogie boarding, surfing, and paddle boarding.
1: Okay. Let's see, my favorite things were surfing with you guys, Uh and that mommy stood up. First try, second try, whatever. First good wave that you caught, even though it ripped off my thumb. Yeah. So even though you tried to kill me. And let's see. Another thing is I figured out how far out to go to catch some really good waves on the last day. That was one of my favorite things. And I got salt water up my nose. I love that. And then another thing was um, finding a place to rent a paddleboard and put it in. And I think I I know a better place to put it in next time. And that the roof rack worked for the Xterra so well for this kind of stuff. Which makes me think... All these things are, like, next time, next time that we go. Or even just me or me We're and Kai so or any of, of day us day go to the beach or get a paddleboard on lakes. Like, the future looks bright. So bright, i got to wear shades. we
0: could have rented a kayak. There's so many things we could have done. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what things would you have changed, Bane?
0: Well, how long it took to get on and off the ferry this trip. Because the first trip, we didn't have that problem. I didn't like that.
1: An hour, hour and a half wait. It's fricking stupid. All right.
0: That's all I'm going to say, because I'm sure you'll say enough about everything else. The other thing didn't bother me as much. As, oh, I just our loud neighbors, but
1: whatever. Yeah, those didn't bother me. I didn't notice them.
0: You were in a deep sleep by then.
1: When I go to bed, I'm what out. How about
0: you, Daddy? Why don't you share your...
1: Uh, let's see. The the 40-year-old frat party going on in the, in the pool all through the middle of the day when I wanted to relax... And I, the I bon ob, Jovi frat party? Yeah, the Bon Jovi playing on the speaker system at over full blast and over and over and really drunk guys um, being annoying on purpose and just so loud and I'm I'm at the point where I like to go on vacation to be quiet and get away from stuff and that's right. my personality anyway.
0: What what was funny was that for that song to, for them they had to be our age to appreciate that song. Oh, yeah. So they're totally our age and that's just funny yeah. that.
1: Yeah, and and I you're get it. Like you are I get it. You're they were like being they sarcastic and, and a pain in the ass on purpose by playing Living on a Prayer by well, Bon Jovi over and over again, really, really yeah. loud and, and screaming it at the top of their lungs. Well,
0: the, the first day, Friday, when we were there, there was a girl's birthday party, and so they had hired a DJ, and that was pretty cool, and they played a variety of music, and that was actually pretty neat. Well, then, no, it after, wasn't. The, after the DJ left, was when these people came out, and then they came out yesterday again. It was, just, it was a little too much but
1: Oh I like driving the Xterra down the beach in the, yeah. in the sand And then it actually scared me at one point Because the sand got so deep And I was having to blast through it To get through uh, sections of it And you were yelling at me to cut it out And stuff like that so, uh, Let's see another thing, I don't like all the crowds And we didn't run a golf cart Which is okay Because car. Xterra worked yeah, just fine yeah. With the windows down driving down the beach so in texas you can you can drive down the beach until you run out of beach in in most places it's pretty cool and
0: we went when when we had gone paddle boarding i saw a sign for a different resort that just i wanted to just go check out the pool and so we stopped and checked it out and it actually had two lap lanes and like this ridiculously huge pool with like three levels zentri
1: base camp 2015 oh, okay. is going to be in Port Aransas, Texas <laughs> yeah. well, because they have a two-lane there. lap lane and beach for open water swimming and uh, you campers are on your own because I'm going to be surfing the entire time. Anyway, I'm um, uh, uh, trying to think of something else I didn't like. I, you know, the drive isn't all that bad. Not after driving to Tennessee and back. Well, we are trying to do three things.
0: No, we didn't have
1: to come up with three things. Oh. No. I don't like how you're so bossy all the time.
0: Quit being a negator.
1: You're such a negator. Okay. What about you, Kai? What would you change? Uh, oh, uh, bring the dogs would be awesome. Yeah. Yes. If, if we, and bring the cat and let them, let them use the entire beach as his litter box would be pretty cool. Yeah,
0: if, um, they said if, if we um, owned the condo, we said that we could have brought the dog.
1: Yeah. So we're going to buy a condo so just so we could bring so a we dog. we got
0: a list again this year, just like last year, of all uh-huh. the ones that are for sale.
1: Yeah. All right. Kai, what about you?
0: Change. Um, the ferry not being that long, yeah. and bringing the dogs, and I think that's it. And kind
1: of a golf cart. Oh yeah, and you wanted to run a golf cart pretty bad. Yes. Cool. That's a good list. yep All right. More later. Oh, seventh place uh, just finished. It's a guy. I I hadn't heard of him before. That doesn't mean anything. But he tried to cross the finish line with the check. He did cross the finish line with his check in his hand. It looked like Starkey and the crew handed it to him right before he crossed the finish line. And rumor is, through Twitter and, and whatnot, that Mike Riley grabbed the check and threw it in the trash. <laughs> and uh, Emily's mad at him for, doing, for throwing it in the trash. But I'm not sure. That's, that's just what people are saying on Twitter. So, you know, who really knows? And who knows? Like, he could have thrown in the trash laughing. Like, come on, guys. And, like, knows the whole thing is, like, being silly. And so, anyway. Um, anyway, that's it. More later. Out. Bang. Uh, we're back. We're back. I was about to say we're back in Texas. We're back in uh, College Station. And my thumb, the base of my thumb and my wrist is really starting to hurt from uh, getting it caught in Emily's leash surfing. And it just goes to show that that saying that I like to quote all the time is, the most dangerous thing when you're surfing isn't sharks and it isn't the water. It's other people <laughs> and the boards. Um, you got to really be careful. What are you doing?
0: Are you complaining about your injury?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving people an update. It's very important that they know. What about Kona? Of course, we'll Kona's got a know. brain injury.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm so happy about <laughs>
1: Home. what's in these bags <laughs> anyway um when you're surfing uh, a lot of open water stuff you got to watch out for the fins on the board because they're sharp they'll cut you up and then getting hit with somebody else when they fall off the board and the board comes back and hits you or your own board actually so what are you laughing at yeah with an emily on it it's apparently the most dangerous thing in the world Hold on, making a coffee. And then there's more drama with Iron Man Lake Placid. I gotta go catch up. Out. Alright, I'm out running with Kona. 6 a.m. Monday morning. And I'm actually pretty stoked. I'm pretty proud of myself. After a four-day vacation and all that driving yesterday. Four and a half hours. Back to the house to be up and at it. Found all my gear and hit the road at six. So I'm done at seven, be at work at eight. And it is much cooler in the morning, so I can run with the dog a lot longer. So he gets his exercise. It's all good. Got a few things for you. One is I'm journaling every day now, and a really cool thing that I figured out, a hinge pin that's the word, to so me getting it done, was me believing it was in a place that got saved. So David Allen of Getting Things Done said, one of the most important things is your brain has to believe that when you write down a task that it's in a place where you're going to remember it. There's a lot of things in life I want to record so I can look them up later with search and also share with kids or whatever down the road. And uh, Google Docs saved in the cloud, seems to do it for me, because I seem to have faith that they'll be there for a long time, that everything's saved, right, so if I ever need to get it out to another format, it'll be a piece of cake. Instead of some you know one-off tasking software or something like that where you record notes, owner gets hit by a bus and suddenly the whole system goes under and now everything's lost. So there's that. So I'm journaling every day, it's pretty cool. And then another thing is a mindset. Of productivity and being organized and getting things done with the energy to work out and train and do all this stuff it's something to remember that speed gives you control and what I mean by that if you don't make your choices of when you run swim, bike get your work done, other work you know, work, work Somebody else is gonna make it up for you. And I did a little experiment. And the way I took off from training so much the past month or so was to not fight for my time. That's all I was gonna do is quit saying no, I'm gonna do my own thing instead. And guess what? My training time dropped in half because on purpose, but because I just never said no, right? I was out of control. Other people are in control. Hey, will you have dinner with us? Hey, will you do this? Will you do that? I'm like, sure. You know, and I was saying it on purpose. That's my point. I'm not upset. It was actually legit. (laughs) And then, uh, look, on we got another hill. So, speed, your own speed of doing stuff gives you control because you got plans, you got things to do, you got things to say. You can say no because you got things you're already saying yes to. And where this comes in handy, or the the demonstration of that, is uh, bicycles, for example, Unless the bicycle's moving, you can't steer it, and you'll fall over. Think about it. If a car's moving, the steering doesn't work very well. Imagine a car without power steering back in the old days. It had to be moving for you to turn the wheel. For you to be in control. And boats, right? The best example is a jet ski. Unless you're given it throttle you can't steer it. People cut the throttle and then coast into a pier and then suddenly realize they can't steer it and then crash. And the best example lately is when I was surfing this weekend. It's to steer that board. You got to be moving or else the fins don't work. right? Kona, we're at the top of the hill, let's go back. Let's go back. Good boy, good boy. Uh -uh. So, biggest complaint in triathletes, it's not enough time to train. You know how to find enough time to train? Train. Put on your calendar the days you're gonna work out. No, honey, (laughs) I can't juggle gravel or whatever you want me to do that day. I've got a bike ride. See, it's on the calendar. So velocity, velocity gives you control. And then once you get up to speed, you start feeling the control. It feels good. Really, really good. So that leads me to the last thing. is I've got um my month or so, two months maybe, I don't know how long it's been. I've taken it kind of half speed. I've put on 10 pounds. And I'm ready to take it off. So how? Well, sign up for a race. So that's my next goal. I'm gonna officially sign up for Austin 70.3. Longhorn 70.3. Now I've got something to aim at, right? Steer my boat at that. Then I need to get up to speed so the steering actually works that means training and then little corrections as I go how about that I was just having an email conversation with an ex-client from a long time ago it's like how do you do it and I'm like man it's really really simple I pick a race that I'm excited about or nervous about Seems like a challenge. There's something about it that I can't stop thinking about. And I make sure it's many months, three, four, five months down the road. And that gets me training. It's that simple. Morning. All right, out bay. All right, I'm back. Leaving a neighborhood pool. I just had a really good idea. Thought about while I was wrapping up my swim. I was doing a different kind of workout. About during the training log, telling you what I'm doing as a workout. To give you ideas, because so many people listen to this for a training buddy. I'm your training buddy. <laughs> During your long, lonely workouts, I can give you ideas on what to do. I can give you workouts. Be your podcast coach. All right. Uh, neighborhood pool. The um, the big pool in town is closed for the week for some kind of Games of Texas or something. I guess we're going to swim around and then rodeo rattlesnakes and pour barbecue sauce on them. Battered, fried, dip them or something like that. Pour ranch all over it. But anyway, <laughs> the um, so I'm swimming at a pool down the street. I coach a guy who's like, man, I don't know where I'm going to go swim. I'm like, man, this is what it's about, dude. Ironman training triathlon training really shows you how bad you want it you know oh when I swam for lake for the lake tahoe swim which was 22 miles nonstop at high elevation I figured out a way to swim three days in a row five hours each day five hours man each day I swam 11 miles a day that was my target well I swim five hours a day and it ended up being eleven miles. Each day three days in a row. And how did I do it? Man, every time I had to switch lanes, move lanes, move from one pool to the next in the in the same complex, you know, but a swim team would show up and have you move over here. College swim team showed up. I gotta move over there, I just kept on freaking going, dude. You know, you gotta be determined. So I'm like, pool's closed this this week. <sighs> um so What I did was um, I go to this neighborhood pool, and uh, it's got no lights, no land ropes, but it is 25 meters long, and I start swimming in the dark. I got to do open turns because I can't see the freaking walls, and uh, twice I crashed into the side of the pool because I can't see anything, you know? But in a way, it's kind of motivational. It's kind of like, man, you got to get this done, dude. The obstacle is the path. It's a good book. You got to read it. And, and there's a guy I saw jogging with his dog earlier. <laughs> Full-size Collie. Those are pretty dogs. I used to have one when I was a kid. And then um, <laughs> I just thought of a story I'm going to keep to myself. So the, um, so I get to the pool and uh, I drop a rock, a big, like, fifth-size rock into one end each end of the pool, so I can see something on the bottom, because it's white, there is nothing there, long cop, and, uh, so at least while I'm swimming, I can see something on the bottom that tells me I'm about to crash into the wall, Do open turns, oh, and I had to pull out a lawn chair, and, uh, out of the pool, that somebody had, crashed into the pool in the middle of the night, and then I also had to, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, oh, there was an empty can of sunscreen just floating in the water, I, I ran into, had to pull it out, but anyway, here's your workout, um, you swim easy, and then slowly accelerate until um, it starts to burn a little bit, and um, and then you hold that burn for a little while, And, um, so let's say this is over, for example, over a period of about five minutes. And then, um, when it gets to be too much, stop at the wall and then walk to the other side of the pool to, to recover, walk and swim slow, like breaststroke, really, really easy, catch a breath and then do it again. So if you break it up into five minute, about five minute, um, pieces, one time I did eight minutes, another time I did four, you know, it just kind of depends, then, you know, your workout is only six times 10, what is that, 12 of those, if you did it for an hour, and uh, I did it for 52 minutes or something like that, so I did like 10 of those, and the reason why that works is you're pulsing yourself with a dose of something that, um, wears you out and will eventually make you stronger. And then you take it easy in between to recover a little bit so you can do it again and again and again and again. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like toughening yourself up by being hit with a stick. (laughs) Whack. Right. And then go easy, easy and and then uh, recover and then accelerate, accelerate. Whack. And then you get hit with a stick and it makes you tougher, and then you spread it out over time, and, um, oh, last night's bike ride was very similar, I, I went hard on the uphills, there's about 20 uphills on this thing, and uh, by the time I got to the top, legs burn a little bit, but then each time you get to rest on the downhill, and the physiology of this is, this is far better for you um To expose yourself to really hard and then recover, expose yourself to really hard and then recover, than just doing a long, 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 overly long thing of medium hard, because you go too long at medium hard, you get exhausted, and it doesn't really improve you, and you dose yourself with hard um, and then recover, it's like lifting weights. So, um, And then what you do, because it's endurance training, you just spread it out over a long period of time, and then you can gradually... Over time, there's my neighbor. Gradually, over time, you can do um, longer and more intense, but gradually. You know, you can kind of, you kind of see what I'm getting at. Anyway, it's nice, and it breaks up the workout. So you could do it for a one-hour swim, a half-hour swim, a, a one-hour run, a four-hour bike ride. Just on occasion, push it, and then recover, and then push it, and then recover. And yeah, you won't be, um, you'll be just a tiny bit faster next workout, but over consistency, over 100 workouts, you become uh, beast mode. All right, that's it. Whew, got it done. I can't believe it. <laughs> Out, bang. All right, hold on. Ziploc bag. Who's ready to go with me on a run? I'm 20 minutes in took the dog out and back 10 minutes each way because it's too hot. It's Tuesday evening. Thanks for coming with me. I'm uh, doing an hour run. As soon as I got started, I could tell my legs were weak. Oh man, my legs are weak. Hold on. People I'm back. We got people out on their driveway. In Texas, probably like a lot of places, it's a thing to just sit out in your driveway. And I guess get drunk. In the evening. Oh, now I'm gonna pass a whole family guy and his wife towing a little girl in a wagon another girl on a bike boy on a scooter playing basketball the driveway on the left just past them <laughs> the, the dad looked concerned with his wife too there's a whole lot of kids he's got to look out for right here the cicadas go quiet as I get in here a second some more kids and a dad up ahead dad trying to encourage the boy to ride his bike so I felt weak And then I also needed to pee, which is a sign of not enough carbs for the day. I'm trying to lean back up, cut back on calories a little bit. My first symptom, not enough fuel for a workout, is needing to pee. It's your body trying to dump water so it can concentrate blood sugar in your bloodstream problem is, is you're going out for a workout. It's counterproductive to a workout. So you need to up the blood sugar. And so I've got a flask. Hold on, we got to be quiet. Got to up the blood sugar. Sipping on a flask of slightly watered down honey like a gel flask that really wasn't doing the trick I didn't want that much honey because it will hurt my stomach so when I drop the dog off hi so when I drop the dog off grabbed a hornet juice packet which is a mix of sugar and protein carbs and protein and dump that into one of my running flasks water flasks ooh sand somebody's doing some backyard construction a lot of sand anyway chug of the hornet juice right there and that I think they're about 100-150 calories total but that'll up my energy at first and they give me a nice long burn as I keep going hornet juice the competition oh yeah I can feel I'm feeling better already so the lesson there is don't be afraid to tweak your workout you're spending a lot of your time and a lot of your money going out to train things you could be time you could be doing something else so don't F it up by going well I need to keep going I not know I'm not gonna stop and fix things. No, stop and fix things. <laughs> Make it better. So I stopped back at the house, dropped off the dog, adjusted my fuel. Now I feel way better. It's gonna be a much better workout. I'm listening. I mentioned it earlier audiobook on Audible 23 anti-procrastination habits it's good I like it and I've noticed that when I listen to those kinds of things productivity stuff I get productive you gotta surround yourself You surround yourself with people better than you. You know? You're the result. You're the average of the five people you hang out with most. (laughs) So I start listening to productivity books and TED talks, right? Here's a couple of parents teaching their kid how to ride a bike in a parking lot. I used to do that. In protective mode, about over their kids, like mama bears. You'll be all talking to yourself, all running. Probably report you to the police. So, the tip is man, I love listening to that stuff productivity stuff. It totally changes my attitude. It starts changing uh, who you are. You know, you start believing that you're a productive person too. It's all an attitude. You know? The I, the mean, is all opinion that with just a little bit of work you can change it into anything. You can be a peaceful person. You can be an aggressive person you can be a thoughtful person you can even you can even be you can even decide that you can chase your per, chase change your personality based on what the situation needs if it's a dangerous situation you can be aggressive and protective a sad situation you can be sad and kind and helpful. You don't have to be one thing. You can decide you have to be one thing or you can broaden your horizons. Hey cows It's all a habit, a decision. some black angus y'all don't get, get don't go get turned in into handy hamburgers okay I like running by you guys oh this one's giving me the stink eye Alright, so, since I left the house, that was at the 20-minute mark when I left the house. So to make it a full hour, I'm running away from my house in a different direction. 20 minutes. And then I turn around and run back. That's another 20 minutes. 20 plus 20 plus 20 is 60. I'm in the habit of running. I'm in the habit of either swim, bike, or running nearly twice a day. I don't do it. My habit is I do it twice a day, something. And then I don't do I'm in the habit of, I don't work out if I feel tired. It's a good habit, it's just a habit. Good habits to have. Now I don't even think about it. You can get there too, it's not that hard. And then the other habit is during the weekdays, they're about an hour each workout. And if I'm feeling weak, I just go easy. And that builds just stamina and mental toughness. And if I feel strong, I'm mixing some hard intervals. And that's about it. And then on the weekends... One of the mornings, Saturday or Sunday, I try to get clearance from Clarence. To find a few hours to go do something. That way it's kinda longer. And then every evening after dinner I pretty much either run, cry. It's kind of nice. those cicadas that's nice alright I gotta keep an eye on my watch this has been a good run we'll catch up later let me turn this thing off through the ziplock bag alright I'm back that was a good run oh my running shorts I've worn them twice in a row they smell like funkadelic uh, whew. Okay, this is the last of my shiner box. Might not have a beer for a while. Here's the Sunto bottle opener. Kona's drinking out of his water bowl. (laughs) Great way to cool down after a workout is to drink something cold. And need carbs. So, how about some cold carbs? How about some cold carbonated carbs? Some barley pop. There you go. All right. Um... Man, I had a bunch of things. Uh, How you uh, feel about things and how much you do is based on perspective. Everything is perspective, you know, how you view things. And uh, one, the Zen saying is, a room can be dark for a thousand years, right? Total darkness. And all it takes is one candle, one idea, one light to change it from total darkness, no matter how long it's been dark to light, All right? So, I was listening to This Week in Tech with Leo Laporte, and they had a woman on there who I wasn't familiar with, but she was an ADD expert, and apparently Leo Laporte is too, and said that, um, they were talking about they were talking about playing games on their phones at the same time as doing other things. That uh, people with ADD have their uh, frontal lobe uh, doesn't perform fast enough, and so they have to stimulate it for for anything to interest them. Oh, Roxy's outside. Come here. So the reason they're always fiddling and twitching and stuff is because the thing that they're supposed to be doing isn't interesting enough because their frontal lobe isn't working right. Now I'm just saying this is what I heard. I'm not a doctor. I don't know this. It makes sense. And, uh, and next year they'll come up with a different theory. But anyway, this one works for now. And um, so you um, people that have this have to be doing something all the time, or else they just get bored out of their mind. I fall into that category. I don't know how bad I've got it, but I've... (laughs) I used to get in trouble in school, middle school especially, um, for reading all... Being bored in class and picking at my fingernails and looking off in the distance. But then I was smart because I knew all the answers to the questions because I I had been bored and I'd already read all the textbooks. (laughs) By like three weeks in, I'd already scanned everything, the history book for the semester, the... um, The science book, the English book, like everything. I'd already read all of it. And I'd read outside of class because I was bored. So I already learned it all. And uh, and I'm not saying I'm smart because I'm smart. I'm saying that I got smart because I was bored. And uh, so I went out and uh, because you're immersed in school and books and stuff. My parents always had books around. I went and read things. So I know people are always amazed how much useless crap I know. It's just because I was bored, not because I'm smart. <clears throat> I was a bucket <laughs> ready to be filled of all kinds of crap. But anyway, they were saying, this woman was saying, uh, and that's why you know I started podcasting, because I needed something to do with my time, and I love it. And that's why I listen to podcasts and audiobooks all the time while doing stuff, is because I need the stimulation, apparently. and um, Or else I just want to kill myself, you know. <laughs> Not literally. I've, I've I've a good, happy personality, but you know what I'm saying. Mm. I get bored really easily, and uh, I wasn't to the extreme where I, I have I was a discipline problem too much, where I couldn't sit still in my seat. I would sit still in my seat, still in my seat, because I'm a good kid. And I had that much discipline, but, man, my mind was everywhere else but wherever because I'd already thought I'd already had it all figured out, (laughs) which is an inside joke. Okay, Um, so this woman is talking about how she plays, um, oh, what's that, Candy Crush, for example, or maybe Tetris, but I think Candy Crush, on her phone in meetings. And hold on a second. Okay, I'm back. And she said, um, Leo Laporte said, "Boy, I bet you that pisses people off in the media." And she said, "Well, sometimes, but I tell them, and people, you know, she's a bigwig at her company, so people leave her alone because she's already proven herself." And she said, uh, she tells people that if she's not doing something with her hands and her mind, kind of in the periphery, then the thing she's supposed to be focusing on, she can't focus on it because it's not stimulating enough. She's deformed and needs this a little bit extra stimulation. And it's just enough, that game is just enough in the background to keep her stimulated, keep her brain stimulated enough for her brain to be awake, for her to pay attention to the important meeting. <laughs> and uh, they were they were theorizing, um, wow, you know, like I bet a lot of people in the computer industry, the technology industry, are like this. It tends to attract people that are fidgety and smart and... Um, uh, need to figure things out and constantly have their attention grabbed and things like that and again i said not smart because you're smart but smart because you've just filled your head because you're bored and um uh, like i got a really good example for you I, they would give a test in class on the material and i would get like an a like a you know 95 or 100 and <laughs> They On the homework, I'd, I'd bring it back. I wouldn't do it because I'd get home and I'd get distracted and go off and do things. And and uh, so I'd get zeros on a lot of homework or partial on a lot of homework because I'd get distracted and go do other stuff. And so my, a lot of my averages in, in classes were Bs and Cs. Um, Cs were really sad. and uh, But I tested really high. And it's like, well, I've already learned it all. <laughs> They're like, well, why don't you do your homework? I'm like, what homework? <laughs> there was homework? <laughs> <laughs> cuz I'm already I'm daydreaming about what I'm going to do with my life, you know, or something like that. Anyway, so that's what I mean. Okay, um so this this light uh that illuminates the room, uh somebody can say something or tell you something or you can overhear something or see something that changes your perspective on things and then all of a sudden makes everything completely different. It's happened to me many times in life. So I was listening to this and I was going, "Oh. So it's This person is successful, um, and she does something that you would normally associate with being a waste of time, but actually she's doing it to leverage her brain, to excite her brain, and it's actually a really productive thing. I encourage people to go listen to this podcast. Um, Let me see if I can find it. Hold on. And I noticed that what it did to me, its it's been slowly creeping in. I've been thinking about it. Where's my podcast list? And it's uh, This Week in Tech, TWIT is what they call it, This Week in Tech, uh, 468, Surfing the Apocalypse. And I'm like, hey, you know, the Zen saying is... Insane, is to climb a mountain, start at the top of the mountain, basically vision, envision success, what, what works, you know, and I'm like, hey, if being distracted, pay attention, pay- this is where I'm at right now, pay attention to being mildly distracted with stuff and if it keeps you energized, then use it, it's okay, you know. Uh, a little bit of web surfing here and and a little bit of that there, a little bit that keeps you happy and um, keeps you moving forward and helps you monitor the big stuff. Are you getting the big stuff done if you do a little bit of this stuff to distract you and keeps you happy? uh, If so, then keep doing it. It's okay. (laughs) The light has been shown that it's possible that it's actually okay and quit fighting it and start using it. A surfing analogy is, is you don't fight the current, you use the current. All right? There's a rip current usually every few hundred yards on a beach. You use that to suck you out into the water so you don't have to fight the waves so bad to get out. Then you paddle sideways a little bit and then surf the waves in and then walk down the beach or whatever, however you get to the rip current, and then ride the rip current back out again and uh, then go sideways and then ride the uh, waves back in to surf. Do not try to paddle out right into the uh, wave. So you use what you would normally think to be a bad thing. You use it for you. People are like, rip currents, oh no, stay away. No, man, in surfing, you use them big time to get out. There's some awesome ones on the jetty seawall. Okay, so let's get back to uh, the run. Thank you for joining me on my little run. And I uh, ended up doing 7.4 miles. Uh, at a at seven miles per hour which was in uh, about an eight forty pace and yeah that hornet juice turned my run around that was nice hornet juice on the right side of the webpage um, oh wait let me tell you why so at about thirty thirty five minutes in I felt great and it was that hornet juice kicking in and um, so then I started doing pulses of uh, medium hard like uh, just slightly above race pace so where it's like slightly uncomfortable and uh, on the uphills and then jogged easy on the downhills ended up having a, a nice fast run and dosing myself with a little stimulation to make me faster so that was pretty cool not an hour run ended up being an hour and four and Kona's back here nice and happy how you doing bro Cool, man. All right, so tomorrow morning we've got a bike ride scheduled. Um, depending on the daylight situation, I'll have to look at sunrise on my phone and on the weather app. And if the sun is not up by six, uh, forecasted not forecasted, but <laughs> it either will be or it won't. Um, if it's not up by six, I'm going to ride indoor indoors on the trainer and. Uh, most likely do, depending on how I feel, do little doses of uh, sweet spot intervals. And I'll catch you then. All out, right, bang. Oh, uh, something that um, I should mention. I was thinking about this while I was running. I've known this for a couple years now, I think. But uh, there was a survey of people that, ah, I think it was maybe Kona qualifiers, but successful Ironman. Um, and how many miles per week of what, right? And you got to remember, you got to factor in hills and terrain and stuff like that. So it really depends. But anyway, um, running, uh, good Ironman racers uh, run on average 50, that's five zero miles per week. And I think they bike about 300. And then I think four times three, uh, 12,000 yards. Something like that. So if you're targeting, when I'm out running, I'm like, man, you know, I'm up to where I run about 50 miles a week. Um, Once I get into full Ironman training, and that's nice. So that's like uh, about an hour a day, most days, and then uh, uh, two hours, uh, one day a week. So kind of a longer run. That's about it. So if you're, depends on your speed, but that's the, uh, that's the rule. So I thought I'd leave you with that. Think about that. You want to do Ironmans. Are you running 50 miles a week? about an hour a day about an hour and 15 minutes a day that's it 50 miles a week mix in some hard in there uh, to improve you and then you're done all right how Al bang. oh man i'm full of good ideas tonight <laughs> just go with it man um <laughs> it's still the same it hasn't been 30 seconds tonight since i hung up this is the way i'll phrase it um But I was talking earlier about your attitude and your perception and your personality, which is a decision and an opinion that you form about yourself, and you can change it at any time, and you can be the right thing at the right time, even different things at different times. Um, Where this really comes in handy, and actually, this might be the most important part of it, it's it's basically how you see yourself. So, you know, like people that uh, have a lot of self respect um, don't do stupid shit. Um, people that don't have a lot of self-respect, you know, do stupid crap, things like that. Well, why? And um, what's going on is you have a, a an image of yourself, an opinion of yourself, like I said, that you can create a definition of yourself. And w- a lot of times it doesn't make any difference. You know, you're just, I don't know, uh, watching TV or going for a jog or, I don't know, eating lunch or something like that. But where it does actually come in handy is, and where the rubber meets the road with this is when you have to make a decision on things. And you're making decisions all the time and you don't actually realize it. So I was, um, I was sitting here, you know, I hung up on the mic and I'm uh, uploading my workout to Moves Count, which is Suunto's thing. And then I'm like, well, I can, what am I going to do now, you know? Because I got time before I go to bed, and you know what came to mind, which was really interesting because i 've been listening to all the productivity stuff and all the self improvement audiobooks, is you 're a productive person, do something productive, do something constructive, do something that moves ZenTry try forward, do something that moves your work forward, uh, you know do something to clean up the house you know, and that 's instead of being making a bad choice it 's lazy so it also comes in like if you view yourself, if you create the opinion or surround yourself with people that eat healthy, the subliminal—well, not the subliminal, but the choice—you have a choice in what you eat. You know, every minute of every day, you're like, "Do I eat this or do I eat that?" You know, and it's like, well, if you've convinced yourself through habit and by surrounding yourself by audiobooks and by better people that eat like healthy or whatever, well, you're like, "Well, uh, on my way home." I didn't have much choice. I had to grab something to eat on the way home, so I went to Subway, and I got a turkey sandwich loaded with veggies, loaded, you know. And it's because I have created an identity with myself that I eat that way, you know. And um, that's a choice that I ate that instead of Burger King or Water or whatever. And um, everything's a choice, you know. The choice that I'm drinking a beer instead of drinking a uh, soda water. Um, the choice of you know how I'm spending my next my hour before I go to bed, uh, what I'm doing? Am I coaching or am I surfing uh, slow twitch threads? Right. Well, if I'm a productive person, then if I've convinced myself I'm a productive person and it's a habit, then um, I look on my to do list of things to do and I just pick something off and I do it. I don't even think about it. I don't. The the point is is I have a choice, and if you define yourself as a certain type of person, the choice is already made. It's like super easy; you don't even think about it, right? Because when and it's all these choices you have to make all day long, where this self definition, this self respect, this uh, this who you are, um, makes the choices for you a whole lot more than you'd think. I just thought it was funny that I was sitting here going, what am I going to do next? And because I've been listening to productivity crap for like three days, the voice inside my head says, hey, do some some productive crap. (laughs) It's like, okay, cool, because I've been doing it because of the audiobooks and the habit's there, and it's nice, and it feels good. So that's it, Al Bing. All right, I'm on the trainer. I got a little break between intervals. I decided to do sweet spot training this morning because I'm upping my volume. So I'm going to move away from the intensity of pure polarized. And sweet spot is just a little bit faster than threshold or even under threshold. I'm going to switch out bandanas. <laughs> Headbands. And you dose yourself with it. And I'm doing higher cadence than I'm used to, so like in the low 90s. So I'm dosing myself around three minutes at a time. I'm about halfway through for an hour ride. So dose, higher cadence, higher watts, around threshold, and then about an equal amount of time. Easy, which I'm doing right now. And I'm watching the Ironman Cabo uh, coverage from 2013, 2014. I'd have to look to see. It's pretty good. And I'm drinking for fuel a 50-50 bottle of fruit juice and ice water, which is a tip I learned from Angela and Nate. i got an interval coming up, so I'm going to plug my headphones back in listen to some black sabbath while i'm watching videos out all right a little workout review there so again i'm driving to work right now again um i'll have a little bit of brain fart because i had to i got off the bike and i'm drinking ice water to try to cool down and uh or else the shower won't take you know what i mean (laughs) get out of the shower and you're still sweating that's kind (laughs) of ruins the point of the shower but anyway, I, um, uh, I'm i in the kitchen drinking ice water and kind of figuring out what I'm going to take with me to work, to eat, and uh, Emily says, let the... Go outside and, and save this giant toad that's outside because the dogs are messing with it and they want to go outside. And I'm like, those dogs, go outside. You sit there and open and close the door for those dogs 500 times a morning, they can they've been outside enough already. They don't need to go outside again. They can wait a few minutes. (laughs) Oh, my mother-in-law, Emily's mom is over at our house, uh, staying the night and doing stuff for family in town. And so I'm trying to ride the trainer without waking her up. And you know what? You can't little house, big dreams, man. You know, there's literally nothing I can do. It's this, the sounds that, that get made. And, uh, in a house, and uh, and on one side of me, well, part of me, you know, it's like more people need to be exposed to other people getting up early and getting stuff done and, and exercising. People that people that need to exercise can uh, can endure a little bit of that. It's okay. Anyway, um, so I go outside with a shovel to go rescue this giant toad that's in the backyard and it was funny i i uh i tossed him into the lawn behind us cuz they don't have any dogs over there <sighs> but anyway um you got to be careful with intensity because if you're uh if you're increasing volume uh you got to back off the intensity and what's cool about doing um what the way i did the sweet spot which is not as intense it's not as intense uh, Google it, sweet spot training, it's pretty cool. Um, basically, the way it works with intensity is you need some intensity over your established ability to, um, you need to challenge yourself to make yourself better. So, um, you, there's there's um, three ways to do it, let's say. Um, you can go longer than what you're n- normally used to. And that'll, um, that'll challenge you. And towards the end, I coached somebody that said, Oh, the last 500 yards of that swim, uh, that was hard. And I said, that's, and it was just a long, easy swim. And I said, cool, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> but you went easy, but you went longer than you're used to. And that, that made you better, you know? And then, um, you can go hard, but then uh, you need lots of rest in between. And then uh, another way to do it is to go kind of medium-hard, just a little bit, and uh, not as much rest. So I was doing three minutes on, kind of medium-hard, and three minutes uh, easy uh, to recover. And what's cool about the medium-hard, the sweet spot stuff, there's a same cyclist again. You go, dude. Nice beard. The, uh, the cool thing about the medium-hard, and if you're using a power meter, that's um, got cadence in it, um, and there's other ways to do this, but let's let's go with the uh, power meter example. So I'm looking at my power meter number, and it's saying uh, for me around like 260, 270, 280 is nice. That's around my threshold, and um, and it's reading my cadence right. So it's like let's say it's saying 270, and after I downloaded my workout, I looked at it, and uh, the average for whenever I was going. Uh, medium hard was uh, 270 so let's say it's it's, uh, 270 and my cadence at the same time is like 93 94 and I'm like this is what Brett needs you know because I'm more of a low cadence guy and I'm giving up power I'm giving up speed by um, not working on a higher cadence so while I'm working on my medium hard I'm doing uh, a little bit higher cadence to kind of challenge myself you know so these little doses of challenge, just a little bit harder than what you're capable of, is nice. It's good stuff. And then uh, another thing that that's uh, useful is upload your workout, download, upload your workout, and make a comment in it ASAP. I can't tell you how many times it's happened to me and to people I coach where they're like, "Oh, I, I." I lost all my workouts for a week, and I'm like, "How in the world did you do that?" And they're like, "Well, I didn't upload them for uh, for a week." <laughs> now they're all sitting there on the device, and then the device, you know, crashes out, crashes out, uh, messes up, won't upload to Garmin, and has all kinds of problems, and uh, they've lost everything, and uh, ugh, man, that sucks. And then the other thing is, if you wait too long to um, to make a comment, to upload and then comment on your workout, you forgot exactly what happened and why you did what you did. And then it's kind of useless that you log it because what's the point? You don't really know, you know, what worked and what didn't work. So my, uh, my method that works really well for me is I download the workout and then I copy the hyperlink to it and then I tweet it and then I take the tweet that describes the workout, what I did, and I use that, I copy that back into the comment line of my workout. So this morning it said something like, um, hour ride on the trainer, uh, alternating three three minutes easy, three minutes sweet spot, kind of medium hard, nice ride, right? So I tweeted that and then I copied that and put it back into the... Um, into the uh, workout comments, because that's perfect, right? You're With Twitter, you're limited to 140 characters, uh, so you have to be quick and uh, summarize and get it done and move on. You don't think about it too much. You don't need to write a novel about the thing. And um, that's also a tip for, um, I've really been wanting to uh, journal so that I can have something to pass down to Kai and whoever. And I figured out... I, I've read this this uh, tip uh, with journaling. Is um, put it in a safe place. So Google Docs. I think I talked about this earlier. That's where I feel is a safe place. And then... Um, the next thing is... Um, write less than what you think. And, uh, and it's to get... Write less than what you think you need to and then that way you'll do it and it's easy and then you'll keep doing it and I think that that's really interesting because I think that's a really good way to start any habit. Do less than what you think you want to do. So like let's say that you're uh, wanting to start to run. So do less than what you think you want to do and um, then it it makes getting over the hump of starting the habit easy. So that's for any kind of habit, right? You want to check your email uh, first thing in the morning and make tasks out of them. Well, you know, only commit to just barely doing it and half-assing your way through it. And then after a while, it gets to be a habit. And then the next thing you're doing, you're doing a good job of it. How about that? Oh, I'm late to work. Okay, I got to go. Out, bang. All right. Hey, can you all hear me? Okay, we're going to go hands-free for a second, so it's not going to sound that great while we make a green smoothie and hopefully this will motivate you to make your own and so we got carrots and kale I did spinach and uh I'm gonna go back to kale for a little bit because because I want to oh my god we got way too many old carrots in here And then Odwalla Superfood for uh, a little bit of sweetener in there. You could use apple juice, you know. But Odwalla Superfood's already a green juice. And, oh, and a banana. Where's that banana? Got a banana that's starting to get speckled with the brown spots. That's going to be perfect. Okay, this is what we do. First, you buy a $500 blender. (laughs) Second of all, you make, it tur- make sure it's turned off before you plug it in. Okay, and then so we got a Vitamix blender here, and we pluck off some kale. Kale is super cheap, and oh, uh, what do y'all think of the stuff where they say uh, they've been saying that organic is no better actually nutritionally than not? I'm not sure about that. I think it's a conspiracy. So I got two leaves of kale in my hand, and I'm going to uh, pluck off the bottom like uh, two, three inches of stalk before the leaves start. And they're crunchy, and I give them to Kona, and he chews them up. Would you like it? Chew it up. Chew it. He's a good boy. It's a good boy. Lick it. Chew it. I know you like kale. He likes the kale stalks. So, ah. Oh. Oh my gosh, this kale's so good. It's like hard. It's hard to it's hard to tear it up. So tear it up into pieces. Right? Just tear it up. Put it in the blenders. Two big leaves of kale. That's a lot. Okay? And then I'm gonna peel this banana. In here. Oh my gosh, the banana's starting to fall apart. Oh, it's so ripe. It's so good. And then <sighs> Should I leave it out on the counter and make Emily mad? That way she's at least thinking about me. Negative attention is better than no attention. And then, so bananas in there? Oh, there's a carrot. I know, Kona doesn't like carrots. Do you like carrots? I like carrots. How much do you think? Oh, he's eating the carrot. Kona's eating the. Kona's our big black lab. Okay. Oh, and these carrots are starting to get slimy. They've been in the bag, so I'm going to rinse them off. What do you say? Some carrots. Hey, oh, we got more good stuff. By the way, coming. So we start with that. Add a little bit of water and shake up the green juice. Uh, good dose of green juice. I don't know, a quarter of a cup, something like that. I eyeball everything. That way, nothing ever tastes the same. You never know what you're gonna get. I'm going to hit the blender once to kind of blend this stuff down and then we're going to add some even more stuff, chia powder and hemp powder, it's going to be good. Okay, let's go ahead and hit the blender, wake up the neighbors, oh come on, yeah, so tur- turbo mode. Let's do this. Let's put it on low. Oh, it smells horrible. That's how you know it's good for you. Okay. Gonna get a long spoon, a teaspoon? No, a uh, ice teaspoon. What is it called? A long spoon. It's called something else besides what I'm calling it. Gonna put in some hemp powder. Gonna we'll pour it in while it's blending. Just, oh, oh, it's so nasty. And then I'm eating this because I ate some lasagna leftovers for lunch. I got I got to counteract the uh, nasty of the the bad for you with some good for you. Oh, and chia seed powder. Put that in it. Oh, oh, it's making the it's making the smoothie it's making the blender work now. Okay, I think that's good. Okay, and oh oh whoa. Let me taste it. Oh, it's good. For a green smoothie, it's good. Okay. Now I put, start putting stuff back in the fridge, and I start thinking, what am I going to put this in? Oh, an insulated thermos, water bottle, over ice. And that should do the treat. How about that? Um, where'd it go? I've got one of these polar, had, got, and let's see who's calling. Maybe I'll answer it. Unavailable oh, an 1 800 number. Good luck, dude. Have fun with all that. And then, uh... all right, we're going to pour this in. To this bottle. It's a uh, polar bottle, you know, 24 ounce polar. bottle. going to pour it in. Oh, it looks happy. Oh, it's so happy. Look at it. Oh, it's nasty. Now, I use the sprayer, whatever that's called, the water pick in the kitchen, over the kitchen sink. Which I always get stuck. Okay. Spray the inside of the uh, Vitamix blender container thing to get the rest of it out. Now I'm going to rinse it out. And I'm going to put ice in here. Oh, what do you say? Uh, Let's put in ice cubes. One, two i got to fill it all the way to the top. I'm using my finger to push the stuff in. Push it in. Push it in. Let the fun begin. That's something, something, something. Let's just in. And put the lid on. And then shake. Oh, man. Shaking it. Taking it like a Polaroid. And here we go. Ah, done. What was that, like five minutes? It's ah. good. Now, I'll put the rest of the stuff away. I'll put the banana peel in the trash. I'm gonna make Emily mad. Okay. And. done it's that easy and so when you go grocery store shopping you just get kale carrots and bananas and they sell hemp powder hemp powder and uh chia seed powder lasts forever you know you buy a little baggie of that and it'll last a long time and I put the uh Vitamix blender thing which is rinsed out because it didn't sit you don't need to wash it I've learned and uh, rinse out the lid Put it back on top of the blender, open air, for it to uh, uh, dry out on its own. That's it. That's how you make a green smoothie. How about that? All right, it's in the evening. We're going to listen to me get my dog motivated for a run. <laughs> Connor, are we going to run? Are we going to run? What are we going to do? Are we going to run? Are we going to run? Don't jump. Don't. What are we doing? What are we, what are we doing? Are we going to run? Where are we going? Where are we going? Ow! Sit, sit, speak, speak. What are you, where's your collar? Where's your running collar? Oh, do you lay on your back? We can't go if you're on your back. We can't go, we can't go. Oh no, here comes another dog. You don't want her to run. It's just you, just you and me. It's just you and me. We're gonna go. Are you ready, are you ready? Sit, sit, sit. Oh no, don't talk back. Sit, how far are we gonna run? Bark. how many miles? Yeah, that's right. Two miles, two miles. Good job. Okay. All right. You ready to go? All right, let's go. All right, man, that was a really good run. I got things to tell you. My quads from my bike ride this morning were talking back to me just a little bit. They felt a little bit weak. So I used something that didn't feel weak. So I used high cadence, you know, just better gearing, little gears. And uh pushed off more with the bottom of my forefoot and back, you know, like pushing back and use my calf a little bit more and I ended up running faster than I did yesterday and yesterday I had intervals in it. So an 835 pace. And then also there's something to um really wanted to mention this. There's something to doing the same run course and same bike course. Um over and over and over again right so I've got this run course that's about seven miles and like almost on the dot and I can do things uh, if I know that I'm going to run it every day I start I'm in it for the long haul so when Keith Burtis decided he was going to bike every day of the Tour de France and try to bike the same amount of time that it took them to do their stage on average say it's like three hours or two hours or four hours or he's going to try to bike that every day Um, At first, you try too hard, and then you get tired, and then what do you do? You learn how to hold back a little bit, and then up your cadence, so it's not so much force. It's just a higher spin rate, which is easier, and it makes you better. And two weeks in, guess what happens? It gets easier. It's hard at first, and then you're sore, so it's even harder. And then once you figure out how to do the course, it gets easier and easier and easier. So let's say you had a seven-mile run course that you ran every day, right? So seven times seven, it's 49, it's almost 50 miles a week, there's your Ironman right there. And as you run it, you get better and better and better at it, and you learn what works and what doesn't, and um, because you're in it for the long haul, you don't go too hard because of the end goal. There is no end goal. It's just to do it every day, and then you get better at it. So there's that, and then I was listening to this really cool audiobook. Let me download the numbers off my watch. So seven miles at an 8:35 pace. After two miles, I dropped off Kona, as he told you earlier, just a two-mile run. And uh, I was running math I didn't uh, which is like maximum aerobic function, and that is run as fast as you can, but below like really huffing for air and below straining your muscles. And uh, higher cadence really helps with that. And so that's nice. And that's an 835 with, uh, man, I used to be good to do a 10 and a half minute mile. <laughs> uh, hey, man, if, if you're slow or you feel like you're slow, believe me, that's only temporary. My first half Ironman took me like six and a half hours or some crap like that. It was a disaster. And now I'm sub five, you know, and people call me a really fast half Ironman guy. Believe me, I didn't used to be it took me a long time, like five, six years, to get any good at all, to not be embarrassing myself compared to what I wanted to be, in um, a half ironman. Okay, so I'm listening to this audiobook. It's called Mini Habits. M I N I. It's got a picture of a butterfly on the front. <clears throat> let me um, let me pull it up just to be sure. And I'll make, a look. make sure I got the right thing because I want to I want to make it nice and clear because this is good. Yeah, Mini Habits, M-I-N-I Habits. And there was something really cool in it. Um, The... No, I lost you. Okay, Um, motivation is not... It's a mistake to feel like you need to want to do something to do it, right? Motivation, you have to disconnect motivation from and willpower from uh, getting stuff done because um, they're not connected. And to to prove what I mean, let's say somebody's uh, addicted to smoking, right? Well, you can be somebody that wants to smoke, right? You can be somebody that doesn't want to smoke and still smoke. So your willpower is and your motivation is to not smoke. But guess what? You still smoke right? Even though you don't want to anymore. They're not connected. And check this out. Oh my! Hold on. I don't know what to do now. How do I turn this off? I was a kid on a bicycle looking for Kai. He's gone. Okay, then think about this. You can be somebody, you can want to not want to smoke <laughs> and still smoke. You'd be like three times removed and still do the thing. Um, You know, it's like uh, motivation squared, and it still isn't related to whether or not you're going to do it. The habit is actually stronger than your motivation, right? So you get started doing something just by little bits at a time. Then you physically become a different person because the more often you do something, the neural, this is crazy, this is so good, the neural pathways that you use to get it done, right, um, actually physically become thicker, right? The more you use them, the more the thicker nerves get that do that thing. So let's say you play a riff on a guitar over and over and over again, or you just say play guitar every day. The nerves that run from your brain to your left hand, to to do the fingering on the on the fret board, actually become thicker and better developed. Right now, this is so cool. Um, impulses that run that run your body, everything that controls everything is uh, electricity, nerves. That's why you can shock your uh, your your hand and it contracts your muscles and seizes your muscles up, that's electricity. So your brain sends an electric impulse down nerves to get things done. So uh, electricity, (laughs) this is crazy, electricity follows the path of least resistance. The more developed the pathway is to get something done, the more likely, the the less resistance it has to getting done. Right? So... If you want to manually override that, you have to work around the path of least resistance. You have to shuttle electrons where they don't want to go, which is very, very difficult. And that's why it's hard to break a habit. That is so cool. So, um, now, now take it one step further. Thinking. Remember, I said earlier, you can change your personality with time. Um, you can be who you want to be. Well, thinking, believing, and Zen. <laughs> there's a common saying: Don't you don't have to believe your thoughts, right? So you can say, "Oh my gosh, this terrible thing's going to happen." Actually, in real life, we got something going on that's kind of scary. Okay, I'm not going to go into it because it's personal stuff. Um, but it hasn't happened yet, right? And so, Emily's all worried about it, and I said, well, one thing is, we definitely can't do anything about it, and, um, and I said, But well, there's nothing we can do about it, um, don't sit around worrying about uh, worst case scenarios that haven't happened yet. Mark Twain said, the worst things in my life are things that never happened, you know, um, and they're fears, right? So, you can choose to believe in your fears and let them consume you all day long, or you can... Um, uh, realize that they're fictional. They may happen, but they may not. And then um, go ahead and get on with your life and be a more uh, stable and productive person and have a happier life because you're not afraid all the time. You know people that are afraid. There's people that are just consumed with, in politics, about the other party. If the other party gets power, oh, that's going to happen, you know? And they, they spend all day clutching their guns or whatever they clutch. And they... Um, uh, they're, they're consumed in a world of fear, and, and you just want to like drag them out of their cave and go, come on, look, the world's beautiful outside. Come on, let's go do stuff. Go. There's that famous movie um, where if you want to feel better about life, go to an airport terminal and uh, watch people uh, getting off flights and meeting their families and how happy everybody is. And then you turn on TV, and there's all this fear and war and all that other stuff. And go down to your local coffee shop and say, okay, are people actually fighting and like, uh, conflicting with each other all the time? Is that the natural state? No, that's like isolated stuff in, in places, but it's not like the entire thing. So you don't have to believe your fears, and you don't have to believe what you think you feel. And so one of these things is motivation. You don't have to believe that you have to be motivated to um, do something. Right. Of course, it's easier to be motivated to do something, but you can override the um, belief. Check this out. This is the this is the hinge. I'm always saying that the hinge pin. This is the hinge pin. Okay. You can spend forever fighting against your motivation and spend forever, you know, uh, trying to do some things when when you don't want to, right? And be miserable, or and that's, a, that's like 500 different things that you're fighting against. Or you can choose to change one habit and the one habit to, to work on. And over time, you can get this, this is the habit, you can get this neural pathway to be thicker. And it's the one where you believe that um, you have to want to do something to do it. Imagine if you changed that one thing. Your uh prefrontal cortex is the is a part of your brain that that has the logical part that thinks way ahead of time and makes like the good long term decisions and uh I forgot the lower down in your brain towards the spine is the part that's more like reactionary and stuff and um if you start to to work on the habit of saying i'm gonna do this." Not only, how about this one? Here's a great habit. When you recognize that you need to do something and you don't want to do it, then that's a trigger for you to especially do it. To be like, this, I don't want to do this, but it's something that I, that I need to do. So I attack it first, right? And get it done, right? So paying your, your house payment on time or... Uh, washing your car, and putting a coat of wax on it, right? You don't want to do it, but you need to do it. And identifying the two, um, those two things and then going, okay, well, that's the first thing I'm going to do, right? Because that will make me a better person. What if you made that a habit, right? I can tell you I've worked on for a few years a habit, and I heard this someplace, was the thing that you don't want to do is the thing you need to do the most is usually the thing you do the most. And this is like say like office politics and somebody needs to be talked to or let go or um are you uh you don't want to make this one decision because it's a difficult one or you don't yeah, you don't want to you don't want to bring this up to your boss that something happened, you know. Once you realize it's something that you really don't want to do, um it's probably something that you need to do the most and will build your character and make you a better person and uh, get you more respect, you know. Um. yeah the things that make you uncomfortable are the, are the things that uh, maybe might, you, you know you can evaluate it and judge if it's right or not but isn't that cool the, oh, man. okay so anyways I'm all amped after my run I'm going to upload my workout and I'm going to try to build this habit check this out to uh, process Hornet juice orders while my workout uploads and all you got to do is just open it up Right. I have emails that are flagged as Hornet juice orders and um and then the mini habit is just open it up right and then once it's open and now you're sitting there waiting for your for your uh your uh hornet disorder for your workout to upload well it's easier just to process hornet disorders than to pick your nose you know you already opened it up you're kind of curious now let's see who some of these people are and where they're from how about that that's a good habit all right that's it i gotta go out bang all right let's go to work Oh, I'm a little late. W to the -er ERK has hit the Twitter nets, people. Hashtag (laughs) W-E-R-K. Listen, people ask, why do I call it W to the -er ERK? And it's to give you a little bit of ownership over your job. If you give it a silly name, then then you don't take it so seriously. And now you're in control of it. Um, This audiobook, I just happened just this second to turn off the audiobook uh, mini habits, and he's talking about how um, people hate feeling being out of control like somebody else is in control of them. They love feeling autonomy, so you can create the illusion that you're in control by giving your job a funny name, you know, and even, uh, I guess, behind your, your boss's back. You know, having a funny name for them and stuff like that, and it's all—it's all an illusion and all a game to um, make you feel like you're more in control. And, and uh, surveys—surveys says—if you have a job where you don't have—you don't feel like you're in control of anything, then, uh, um, ooh, interesting car—a BMW 435. Then, uh, then you're miserable at your job. And all you got to do is have a little bit of feeling of of being in control of it, and uh, it ends up working for you. Okay, so I've had people on Twitter start messaging me, tweeting at me that they're on their way to, or just completed a day at W to the E R K. Hey, hashtag that hashtag W E R K. That's kind of funny. Um, I had a breakthrough bike and a breakthrough run this morning and I want to tell you about it how you know and on top of that while I wait for these cars hold on you gotta hear this hear this that is carbonated water from a soda stream hold on I gotta turn But it's not just carbonated water from the soda stream. It's carbonated water from the soda stream with matcha powder put in it. Mmm. Oh my God. All right, I'm coming back. Hold on. Ugh. Matcha powder is ground up green tea leaves. And you can order it on Amazon. Get it. Put it, make your carbonated water from a soda stream. And then um, I guess you could sweeten it with stevia or whatever. But green tea turns out it's good for your teeth, man. So try to counteract all this crap you do to your teeth by uh, working out and eating stuff, eating carbs to have good workouts by uh, sipping on green tea and it made me think of Uncle Si on, uh, on Duck Dynasty how he's always walking around with a thing of green tea or no, he's always walking around with a thing of tea right? so if he can do it, you can do it but instead of doing prob- probably sweet tea which he has and look at his teeth you do green tea, unsweetened matcha powder right it's good for your teeth and uh, it's carbonated, man. Oh, Whoever dreamed of carbonated green tea that a day would come where you could have that and a big container of it and just walk around with it. Well, it's here, people. It's here. I'm here to make you believe in yourself. Okay. The, um... So I'm on the bike last night and I'm amped. I had too much caffeine so I'm, like, really excited and I'm dancing around and annoying Emily. She's trying to watch, uh beyond the pines or something with Ryan Gosling's abs in it. And I'm like dancing in front of the TV to annoy her in my cycling shorts, which nobody needs to see, even your own wife. And yeah, she's like, go away, get on the bike. So I get on the bike and I do intervals. Um, I do, I did seven total. I think the first three or four I did Um, trying to do about five minutes at a time and then going super easy to recover and then five minutes at a time. Um, Not too hard. And then I was like, man, I'm going to do the rest of them hard, like, and not the whole thing hard, but like slowly increasing um, effort and resistance until it burns and and you fail, right? Like uh, lifting a weight, uh, doing sets, doing reps. I mean, so like if you are doing curls or bench press or squats or something like that. You know, you do, you do them until it burns so bad that you run out of gas and then you, um, you got to stop. And uh, that's what I started doing that, right? So I actually like that, man. When I was going to bed at night, my legs were talking back to me. Like my, uh, my quads and just my legs entirely from butt to toe were going, Hey, Brett, Brett, that was awesome thank you. I love you. That was so good. Thank you so much. A oh, the lady next to me smoking a cigarette in her car. And I was like, Hey man, it's my honor to make you work so hard. And then I fell asleep listening to an interview with Jody Swallow talking about, uh, women's triathlon. Oh, what was it on? Anyway, she tweeted it so you can find it. And it's like a 13 minute long interview. And, uh, Man, when Jody Swallow retires, she mentioned something about wanting to have a family someday with kids. Watch out, James. <laughs> she's gonna have your baby. The uh, um that when she when this when this uh, individual Jody Swallow retires from the sport, she is she needs to run. She won't be happy unless she's running some kind of organization that that changes the world, you know, like some kind of environmental or or something for kids or something for hunger or something like that <clears throat> or something for sport. Like, holy crap, man, she is a spokesperson and a person that gets shit done. And if I had an organization like um, uh, the Sierra Club or WWF World Wildlife Foundation Foundation or something, yeah, like that, I would create a position And put her in it (laughs) Because she is badass Okay, so I fell asleep listening to that And then I woke up A little bit early And I'm like, hmm, that's weird And my legs were like Hey, Brett That was really fun last night And even though that hurt We want more And I was like, okay We can arrange that And Um Oh, and on the, uh, intervals, I was peeking out at, uh, 350 watts or something like that, right? And, uh, so that's good. And then this, um, this morning on the run, I took Kona and we did 20 minutes with Kona because it's summer and it's kind of warm. So, uh, same route, a like seven mile route. And then on the, um. On the dropped him off and then kept running with a little bit of uphill, uh, well, a little bit of work on the uphills. After a while, I was like, okay, let's. When you encounter an incline and around where I run, it's not much, but there are there are a couple. There's a few percent grades kind of here and there, but they're real short. Uh, when you encounter those, work those hard, and then on the downside, you know, cruise them, and that'll be kind of like light interval work. Uh, but don't make a big deal out of it, you know. And this is only after. In like 30 minutes into the thing, and uh, check this out. I did some calculations yesterday. There's a really cool uh, QT2 systems has a really cool um, calculator where you can put in your numbers and how much you train or how much you think you could, and then it would show you. It'll show you your results in in an Ironman or whatever kind of race. And um, uh, I've known about this for years, man. This thing's really cool, and uh, yesterday, I was plugging in numbers, and actually, I have a an easily Kona-qualifying uh, swim, like very easily Kona-qualifying Kona swim, a Kona-qualifying uh, bike ride, depending on the course. Uh, my numbers are pretty good, and it all comes down to the run for me. If I... Have a crappy run, I'm out of the game, and if I have a great run, I'm totally in the game to kind of qualify, right? So it's pretty cool. I can do a sub ten, Ironman, no problem, Ironman Texas, if I could actually run like I think I could run. And um, but basically, it's saying, Brett, you got to run like a uh, a seven a seven forty six or something like that, run. And, uh, I think, and it's like, ouch, man. (laughs) But then on the run this morning, when I uploaded it, I had actually, over the past few days, I've been improving my run, um, in spite of doing intervals on the bike. That's the big thing. I did intervals on the bike last night and still ran this morning. I ran an 8.05 average, and the second half of the run was a... 744 right and I was like holy crap okay you just got to do that for a marathon <laughs> after biking 112 miles and eh, you' gonna qualify no problem uh, which is making me laugh obviously but what's so cool is to have numbers right that are like um, and I learned this from Mike Ritchie from d3 multisport coaching is... Look at your average run pace over all your training over the past, like, six months. That's probably what you'll average on the Ironman run, um, on a, if you get your nutrition right and everything. So basically, what you ought to do is be looking at your average run from your fast days and your slow days and your off days and your on days, and your hilly days and your, and your flat days, that average pace Probably that's what you should expect if you have a good run on uh, uh, in an Ironman. It'll probably be right around that pace, you know. So if you're averaging a nine and a half minute mile in most of your runs, don't expect you to run an uh, an eight something. It's not going to happen. Um, it's pretty cool. So you need to get your average pace up. Think about that. You need if you want to run a seven fifty. In the Iron, if you need to run a 750 in the Ironman Marathon, well, you need to be running a 750 as your as your just average, just cruising pace um, on average most of the time. Pretty cool, huh? All right, I got to go into W to the ERK. Out. Come on, turn off. I got things to do. Where'd you go? Oh crap! Come on. No, wrong thing. Wrong thing. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh my God, I'm never going to get out of this. Where'd it go? And stop. There you go. All right, I think this is it. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. I'm wandering around the house. If I get interrupted, Emily's on a rampage cleaning the garage and she keeps chasing me down and asking me about stuff. But <clears throat> what she did find is something really cool. Um, a couple of months ago, maybe longer, um, the our iPad mini came up missing. I don't know how you say came up because it's gone, but it came up missing, and that was, uh, gosh, a huge blow to me because they're they're expensive. I really liked using it. Um, I didn't know where I lost it. I thought maybe somebody had stolen it or something. Or I sent an email out at work asking if if uh, anybody had seen the thing, and um, nothing, nothing, and nothing. And so I used the. Uh, my zen training came in handy and it's like i did as much as i could there was nothing i could do about it um let it go and you just never know sometimes things turn up you know so just uh, you know f- the feeling of it being gone you know be let let that happen you should feel sad and remorse and uh, frustration you know but don't let it ruin ruin uh the things you do day to day and keep on living life and enjoying what you can and don't get too torn up about it and um and just yeah just deal with it and um do as much as you can and then when you can't do anything else just go on with life right so i just went on with life and said you know maybe it'll turn up and if it turns up it's nice and if it never turns up well i don't know you know but what i did do was it had been too long um, because the battery had already died, but by the time I thought of it, I said, oh, I ought to do that, find my phone, and this is some cool tech stuff that you all ought to know. Um, it You can do find your phone now on iPads and, and things like that, and so I, I went to the Apple iCloud thing, and I, I tried to track it. Couldn't find it. Um, it said the battery was already dead, so it had been turned off or something like that, and so this is cool. I said, um, it they had some options. Do you want to turn to, uh, gosh, it's something cause I don't remember now. Cause this is like a couple months ago where, um, it alerts you if the, uh, if it comes back online and connects to a Wi-Fi or to a network or something like that. And I said, yes. And then it said, do you want to make it, um, bing, uh, paying alert, make an alarm. If, uh, if, um, if it's found and, uh, or if it turns on, then I, and I said, yes. And then it said, you want to turn, you want to leave a message on it? And I said, yes, this was back in the day, right? This is back when I lost it. And, um, then it said, do you want to have it, have a security code on it? So people can't <laughs> use it unless they type in the security code. And then I said, yes. And it goes, Okay. And that was a while back, right after i 'd lost it, and okay, so em- so that 's a while back. Emily finds it today while she 's cleaning the garage underneath bike parts, of course, and then um, so of course when she finds it it 's totally dead, so I plugged it in, and i 'd forgotten about all this other stuff, right so I, all I did was I just plugged it in, and i 'm in the bathroom across the house, uh, brushing my teeth, and after my workout. And as we've talked about, and the um, all of a sudden we hear this alarm kind of ding, 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 and I finish brushing my teeth and I go in the living room. I go, "What is that?" And Emily comes in out of the uh, garage and she goes, "What is that?" Kai's like, "I have no idea." Let's go over and it's the iPad. It finally got enough battery in it, um, and enough juice in the battery to turn itself on, and it was alarming. And I go over and look at it, and it says on the screen, it says, <laughs> this is so me to do this, it says, um, this iPad uh, was lost, please return, please return to me huge reward, and that's apparently what I'd written, and and then my phone number on it, and um, that's really cool, you know, and and I said, okay, and then it goes, what's the passcode to turn to get passed into the front screen and start using it, right? And then I have a, a number that I like to use on lots of stuff, and I typed it in, and boom, it opened up. Then, on top of that, check this out. I'm, uh, I go, well, that's pretty cool. I'm really excited about that. And then I go uh, back into the bathroom to... Uh, wash out my mouth, you know, whatever, and I pick up my phone, and I look at it, and it has an alert on it, and my phone says, your iPad has been f- turned on, alert, it's it's active now on the network, and I'm like, holy crap, it alerted my phone that somebody else had turned on my iPad, so anyway, that's pretty cool, man, that's some cool technology going on right there, so turn that stuff on on your machines, <laughs> it's really important it's pretty cool okay um i need to turn that on for my macbook air and make sure that that's working okay so i'm supposed to be i don't know if it'd be next episode or not i'm supposed to be interviewing uh, rich roll really soon I'm supposed to be interviewing morgan really soon he might be on this show talking with tawny again reading a kid story that's going to be hilarious on the uh on the on the news all kinds of good stuff so anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I want you to remember that if you want to uh, support the show, if you found anything on this episode or past episodes that really helps you out with, with your triathlon training or your lifestyle or your work or your productivity um, and you feel like you want to give back to the show in just a small way or any way, then it's super easy. All you got to do is go over to your computer and go to zentriathlon.com. And on the left hand side, there's a donation button, and you can either donate one time or any amount you want, or there's a set up a recurring donation, which is just under four bucks a month. So it's like a dollar an episode or less than a dollar an episode. And um, and it just comes out of uh, PayPal, like super, super easy. You don't even have to think about it. And it's super cool anytime you go into PayPal and turn it off, too. You just go to PayPal subscriptions and just turn, say, I want to quit the subscription. You know, because you're not listening to the show for a while or something like that. Super easy to do. And it makes a huge difference to this podcast. And I'm super stoked to bring you to the show. And it really helps me uh, justify getting it done. And I was just talking to uh, Texas Devin on Twitter. And he's supporting somebody at Ultraman Canada. And he said that he would support me if I do an Ultraman here in Texas. if uh if i do a self-supported so we might be doing that next year wouldn't that be cool ultraman so always stuff on the horizon always keep stuff out there and it keeps you motivated to keep training oh and by the way i went swimming this morning and hopped in kind of did uh warm up for a little bit and then increase effort gradually until it starts to burn and then then it starts to burn really good and then take a break right and then uh keep swimming and, and work on technique and then keep accelerating, work on technique, and then slowly over time, keep accelerating and until it starts to burn and until it really starts to burn, then take a break, right? It's just like lifting weights. Did that four times and ended up being about five zero minutes, 50 minutes, and um, yeah, it's really, really nice. good way to uh, do swim workouts. Keep that in mind. If you're looking for something to do in the pool, that works really, really well, and the breaks are nice. And the hard stuff improves you. Okay, that's it. Everybody stay safe out there, work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out.